Doomed to Repeat is a Delta Green actual play podcast with violent themes and adult language. This episode contains the topic of COVID-19. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode one of Doomed to Repeat. I'm Sergio, your handler. I'm Aaron A. Pabst, and I'm Agent Samuel. I'm Allegra, I'm Agent Tuck. I'm Amanda Dominic, and I'm Agent Boomer. I'm Caleb, and I'll be playing Agent Merritt. I'm Eli, and I'll be playing Agent Hyde. I'm Zakia, and I'll be playing Agent Warp. Tonight, we'll be playing through the scenario Last Things Last by Brett Kramer with Shane Ivey. Dear Rue, Dr. Markham always says that when I'm overwhelmed, I should focus on things that calm me and work towards those, so obviously I'm writing to you. Even when we were kids, you always knew how to ease my mind. Not that you'll ever read this. I'll probably burn it as soon as I finish it, actually, but for a few minutes, I'm going to pretend I can tell you everything like the old days. The folder you brought in was from the program, and we got sent to fucking Lansing, Michigan. More specifically, a hot tub emporium in Michigan. It's as ridiculous as it sounds. The program has never really had a central informational base, so now, given that everyone's cooped up and less likely to interfere, we're being tasked with basically finding the entire history of the program. Decades, maybe even a century's worth of information. In the 50s, they had a bit of intel stored up, but some researcher named Daniel Freiss lost his shit and killed his entire team and burned all the archives. Honestly, I can't say I blame him. Not the killing, but the shit agency in the program. I mean, you saw what a wreck I was after New Jersey, and I mean, even if you didn't know why. I'm not saying I'd do the same thing, but it's not an impossible jump. Good thing is, we're pretty low risk as far as operations go. Bad news, it's an indefinite timeline, which I'm pretty sure you're going to hate hearing when I call you later today. We've all been personally selected by the DO, which I guess is supposed to be an honor or something. I mean, it is. To be recognized as a capable agent means a lot, but anyway, we've been given cover identities as part of the CDC, so it won't seem suspicious that we're out and about. There are six of us, three research and three security. Obviously, I'm security. Agent Hyde is too. She's a pilot, so we've got transpo. She seems about as excited to be here as I am. Seems capable, though, the kind of person we'd get along with on the outside. Agent Merritt is our third security agent, and if I don't punch that pompous little shit by the end of this, it'll be a miracle. I know it's only the first day, but still. I can't get a read on the oldest researcher, Agent Samael. He's got a collar and looks like he performs exorcisms daily, but I'm also pretty sure he was swigging whiskey from a hip flask at 7am. Not that those two things have to be mutually exclusive. Actually, it makes more sense that they aren't. Agent Warp is also extremely confusing. She's either very young or an immortal. She's very particular and referred to the rest of us as humans like she wasn't one, so I'm very interested to learn more about her. The only person I knew before this case was Agent Boomer. She's the last researcher. We were on the team together in New Jersey. She was the only person who made it out. Having her here is actually really comforting. I think you'd like her. She's a shit kicker. Our handler did mention that we're allowed to take leave, so I'll be home to you soon, even if it's just for a little bit. I didn't think I'd miss you so much so quickly. I mean, I went three years without seeing you every day, and now after two months together again, it just sucks. I don't have to tell you that, but it does. We're on our way to the first lead now, but I'll call you as soon as I can. Telling you all of this felt really good. Maybe one day I can do it again for real. Give Jane some scritches for me, and please stay safe. I love you so much. H.
Let's start with the three go-getters who piled out of the car, Agent Samael, Boomer, and Hyde. Uh, you guys step out and you cross the street, and as you do, you take in Bauman's building. It sits blocky and drab on an intersection of a declining working-class neighborhood. It's three stories, and it has a glass-enclosed foyer that seems to be the main entrance. At the moment, you're the only people on the street. What do you do? Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm just charging in the main front door. Uh, I don't know if we got an apartment number or whatnot, but assuming that we did, I'm going straight for it. Wait, yeah, wait, 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 why don't you wait for security? I, like, turn back and look at Merritt, <laughs> and I'm just, like, giving him a wave. Like, come on. <laughs> He's welcome to follow whenever it's convenient for him. Uh, what, what are the three agents in the car doing? Well, I'm just shocked that they ran off like that. Um, but I compose myself and I look to, I think it's Tuck and Warp still in the car? Mm-hmm. Yep. I look to the both of them and say, well, I know it's not conventional what they just did, but let's remember we're trying to get together as a team and it will take some time. And then I'll leave the car and I'll go to meet them uh, in, in the front door in the lobby. I'm going to roll my eyes so hard and then I'm going to get out too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get out and uh, walk towards the house. All right, so it sounds like everyone is entering the building, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you enter through the front, and perhaps there was some glare on the glass, but you didn't quite realize that when you walked in, uh, there is, in fact, standing by a row of mailbox slots, is an old woman, maybe in her 60s, wearing a pink muumuu. Uh, she notices you guys enter kind of a little scattered, immediately kind of puts on her face mask, uh, and by her feet is a little terrier, that begins yapping at you and kind of aggressively moving forward. Samael, it sounds like you're kind of in the front. Do you do anything? Uh, I smile down at the dog and I just kind of whisper, <laughs> good boy, uh, don't mind us, ma'am. We're just uh, heading upstairs. She says nothing and kind of, if anything, just is paying more attention to the dog. Mitzi, will you stop it? Leave him alone, leave him alone. And she kind of oh, walks fine. towards the dog. All right, well, I just continue on past then. Uh, as you all make your way through, she picks up the terrier and is kind of through her mask, just kind of watching you guys enter silently. Um, you enter this main area. There are apartments. You know that the apartment is 2B, so it's probably upstairs. You see that there is a staircase and there's also an elevator. Sergio, are there any second exits on the first floor outside of the front doors that we came through? If you take the time to look, you do see down the hallway, which kind of bends and curves a little bit through the building, there is a back exit. Also, Sergio, really quickly, is there any kind of security cameras that I can see by the door and on the ceiling? As you look around, you don't immediately see any kind of security cameras. Now, the, you know, obviously the doors are locked and such, but it's pretty low, low tech around here. I'm going to move to hide and tuck before we move up the, the stairs at all. And I just point out the door at the end there that I had found. And I said, just in case we need uh, a second mode of uh, exit. Why don't I take the stairs up to the second floor and you guys can ride the elevator? Is there a reason for that? Just be safe. Check it out. Sure. You know better than me. We shouldn't go anywhere alone. I'll take the stairs with you. Sure. Well, then I suppose we're on the elevator team, gang. Elevator it is. Hop in. Nothing scary has ever happened in an elevator before. That's why I'm taking the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> so warp and hide you... Uh, go through the staircase entrance you been begin climbing uh nothing out of the ordinary in the in the staircase uh the elevator door opens for those of you the four of you that are staying waiting for the elevator 
The elevator door creaks open, revealing a small, cramped interior that would not have fit six comfortably. Four, it's still pretty uncomfortable, but uh, you move in. Boomer, as you step in, this is, even for four people, this is a tight space. You guys are basically shoulder to shoulder. You don't feel comfortable as these doors close. I'm going to kind of like move my way to a corner and just repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly press the button to get to the second floor. The Very door closes good. and you begin going up. It's it's a slow creak as it goes up. Um, Agent Boomer, can you please uh, give me a sanity check? As I feel that your disorder is being triggered right now. Oh. <laughs> I got a 94. Okay. Um, you are not going to lose any sanity, but okay. your disorder is kicking in. What, what, what does it look like to the other three agents as, as this disorder kicks in? Kind of, I'm starting with my hands. I'm really snapping my fingers, twitching my, like, uh, my, clenching my fists repeatedly. And I'm really, like, when I mean I'm talking, pushing that button, I'm almost bending my finger, like, back. And you're seeing, like, how hard I'm trying to get that to the second floor. Like, I'm trying to will it to happen. The, the other agents, you, you guys see this almost in a comical fashion. Agent Boomer is just desperately pressing this button and seems extremely uncomfortable. I'm going to kind of press my way back against the other two and try and give her space and, like, make sure that she has the clearest shot out the door, even if I'm, like, pushing the other two back a little. Uh, eventually, the elevator door does creak open, and I assume Boomer comes piling just, out of the... Uh, of the Just push. Bye. Get out of my way. <laughs> you step through just as uh, us, uh, Warp and Hyde have kind of made their way to the second floor. And uh, Agent Hyde and Warp, you do notice Boomer almost like in a huff, kind of running out of the elevator. Everything all right? Uh, Look like you saw a ghost. Uh, no, it's just, it's a, it's a little hot. What room is, uh, what room were we supposed to go? What ho- I, 2B. 2B. I'll give her the key so she can get a little space. I just take the key and I just rush as quickly as I possibly can to to be. It's it's easy enough to find. Uh, it's about halfway between you and the elevator. You, I assume you're unlocking the door and going in. Yes, I am. Okay. Um, door unlocks, and you are kind of immediately greeted with the stale patina of cigarette smell. It's just kind of heavy in the apartment. It's pitch black inside the apartment. With the light coming in from the hallway, you can tell that the curtains are drawn and shut, and the lights are all off. I'm going straight for the window. Open the blinds. I'm going to flick on the lights. All right. Boomer, you can find the light switch easy enough. It does, in fact, turn on. Um, the lights are are really insufficient and, and kind of d- depressing and, you know, overhead. Uh, so when Agent Warp opens the the curtains, it's kind of a relief to get some natural light in. What you see is very spartan and grim apartment. The interior is small, and there is scant evidence that anyone actually lived here. You're standing in the living room, but you can see that to the right of you is a kitchen, and to the left, there seems to be a bathroom and two bedrooms. All right, nerds. Bang and burn. Find the shit, and let's go. Wow. Uh, So kind. Did Agent Mallory say where the body was found? She did not. All right, well, in that case, I go and I search around the bedroom. Samael heading to the bedroom. Are there any computers in the living room or, like, security cameras or anything that would pick up my 
like I would pick up? The, the only thing that uh, tickles your tech sense is a squat television that sits um, by a worn out couch. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go to the bedroom and take a look there. Can I check the bathroom and the medicine cabinet? Sure. You said there were two bedrooms, correct? Uh, there are two bedrooms, yes. One to the left and one to the right. Okay, I will check whichever one's not being checked. I'm not sure. I go left. Okay, I'll go right. Okay. I'll follow Agent Warp into the right bedroom. I just want right. to, as soon as everyone's inside of the apartment, I want to shut the door behind us, make sure the key's on one of us, and then stand watch by the door. So let me start with uh, Merit, since you are kind of the most stationary of the group. What you see in this living room is a well-worn couch that faces this old squat television. On the adjacent coffee table are a stack of mostly completed crossword puzzle books, issues of Sports Illustrated and Reader's Digest, and there is a box of prepackaged donuts that still seem to be uh, sitting on that table. Agent Merritt, while you are standing there, you notice that just inside the door, there is a key hook that holds two sets of keys. Um, You can notice that the first set contains two keys. One of them seems to be a car key. And then there is a second ring that contains two brass keys and a pendant. And the words, our getaway, form a heart shape that surrounds a photo of a man and a woman in their early 50s hugging in front of a cabin in the woods. Uh, So this is what you kind of notice while you're standing around. Okay, I'm going to take both keys and put them in my jacket pocket, or the uh, the pocket of my coat. And then did I see if there was a garage to this apartment? You did not see that there was a garage. You assume that maybe the back area has a parking lot or something. Okay. In the meantime... Hi, you head to the bathroom, and what you see is a bathroom that looks to be in a somewhat disturbed state. Um, what is your forensics? Do you have any forensics? Um, one second. I don't think I do. Okay. Um, you know, just kind of looking around, you notice that there's a broken towel rack that's on the floor. The, the shower door seems to be cracked. And there's a few fragments of broken ceramic toothbrush holder that's kind of swept on the floor. You also, I think you would have the experience to know that there are faint traces of the smell of corpse or of death. You know, even without a a high forensics, you can probably deduce this is where Bauman died. Lovely. I do want to check his medicine cabinet to see if there's anything interesting in there. Yeah, you open it up and, and besides some heart medicine, and some vitamins and things like that. Nothing really stands out to you. Cool. I'll walk out and I'll I'll see Merritt and I'll just look at him and be like, well, I found where he died. Oh, perfect. Uh, We we should probably do some looking over that. I found something as well. I think I found a second location. Go ahead and take a look at this. And I take out the getaway keys and I pass them over to Hyde. What do you think? Maybe maybe a drop-off or or maybe truly is just a vacation spot. Either way, it's something we can look into. Secondary location, yeah, sure. Agent Warp and uh, Tuck, you guys walk into the right bedroom. And what you see is, uh, again, a very Spartan room. There's nothing on the walls. It holds a queen-size bed, and there is a dresser on top of which rests photographs of a man and a woman at varying ages, mostly in their 50s. 
Um, there are high school graduation pictures of two children, a man and a, a, a or a boy and a girl. And there's a few photos of a young child, you assume a grandchild. Uh, there's also a ceramic paperweight of a child's handprint with the name Cassie, age four, crudely painted on it. Uh, can I go over to the photos and take them out of the frames and see if there's any, like, date on the back, location on the back, names on the back, anything like that? Yeah, uh, give me a, a, a luck roll. Don't be assholes. <laughs> I have to do it or they're assholes. 24. <laughs> um, that worked. So, yeah, I yeah, told I... you. <laughs> <laughs> you start taking the photos out. Some of them do, some of them don't. You can see that some of the photos, there, there's kind of a classic photo of a man and a woman, what looks to be like a cruise ship. You know how sometimes they take photos of you on cruise ships and stuff like that. They're, they're dressed in bathing suits and such. And it does uh, say 92 on it. You can assume that's the year that they went on this cruise. The children seem to have uh, graduated in the 80s. That's about the most in terms of dates that you can get from these photos. Okay. At this point, you're starting to assume that this man, this older man, is probably Clyde Bauman and his wife, Marlene. Want to check, definitely in the dresser, but also maybe behind it and under the bed. Sure. We'll say that you toss the bedroom, you look in the closet, you look in the dressers, uh, you do find clothing that seems to belong to uh, an older gentleman, suits and um, kind of out of fashion boxer briefs and things like that. Um, but you check behind the dresser and nothing really stands out. Uh, there's really not a lot here. This is a boring man. <laughs> Um, Agent Samael and Agent Boomer, you step into the bedroom on the left. When you walk in, really the only thing of note in terms of furniture is a desk, like a big wooden desk. Mm. But kind of, kind of strewn all over the desk and in various boxes, the kinds of printer boxes you might get from, from like a, an office or something, are papers, lots of paperwork. I'll go up and I'll uh, check the papers and look and see if it's anything pertaining to the program. I'm going to look uh, like in the drawers of the desk, but also any kind of drawer. I'm going to like tap above to feel like if there's anything either taped, like uh, just anything of like interest around the uh, desk as well. Very clever. Um, you do do that and there does not seem to be anything hidden till you do get to the last drawer and you find that there's like a fake floor, a fake bottom to it. And when you lift it, you do see kind of little snub-nosed revolver that seems to have been hidden under the desk. Do you take that? Yeah, I'm going to take it. You you pick it up. Do you examine it at all? Or do you just kind of- I'm going to go ahead and just take a moment and kind of look around it. And then I'm going to nod towards... I will, I'm going to actually bring this to Samael's attention. I'll be like, hey, look at this. And I'm going to hold it, but like with my gun. thumb and like pointer finger. <laughs> like, so I don't put too much of my Do DNA. Do not like it. guns? Go out and give it to one of those assholes outside. I'm Get in here. I'll come over. <laughs> what? At that point, everyone, everyone can obviously hear what's going on. Yeah. I think Merritt looks at you, Hyde, before you leave. Like, thank, thank you for owning that nickname before you walk in there. <laughs> I knew it'd be you, since it's... um, (laughs) What's that? You're like, hey, 
what do you make of this? What do you make of this? And I'm gonna like pass her the gun, and I'm gonna go back to the desk. I'll I'll take the pistol and I'll I'll look at it. Um, I'll see if there's any bullets inside of it, or if it's been fired or discharged recently. Uh, you look, it is uh, fully loaded. Um, the one thing of note is that the serial number is scratched off. Agent Samael, you have been taking the time to kind of look through this desk, and yes. you start realizing that there doesn't appear to be anything belonging to the program, but there are at least six cardboard boxes full of, and the desk is full of it too, of what appears to be accounting ledgers and records that Bauman kept possibly all the way back to the early 90s. Um, you suspect that to truly understand what is here, it's going to take you some time. Um, it's going to take a lot of time, uh, and maybe having everyone help would save some time. I turn around and say, we're going to want to grab and tag all these boxes. I'm going to be like, yep, and I'm going to just start collecting uh, boxes and try to shove as much like documents into it so we can carry it out. Being somewhat bored by the other room. I think Agent Warp would kind of already just be silently standing in the room by the time he says that. <laughs> just go <laughs> dive toward the boxes and start going in. Okay, so we'll say it takes about 15-20 minutes to just kind of collect everything that is in this room. You have about six cardboard boxes full of these uh, ledgers and paperwork. Anything else you want to do? Can I go check out the kitchen? Since sure. That's the only place you haven't looked yet, right? Yeah, so while they're compiling everything, you you step into the kitchen. The adjoining kitchen is devoid of life, if you don't count the roaches. <laughs> There's a smattering of cans and pans and boxes. Hanging on the refrigerator is the really only human touch. There's a crudely drawn human figure entitled Grandpa, signed Cassie, and there are two gold stars in the bottom corner. I'll kind of look at it and flip it over and leave it hanging up up there. I'll just check under the sink and I'll just, you know, do the cursory like once over of everything. Sure. Yeah, you, you look through and although there is some remaining uh, random food items and, and like I said, uh, other things, it's, it's pretty much just empty. I think maybe Merit is taking into effect her uh, investigative skills and sort of silently watching from the door trying to see Tuck's process, uh, and then he speaks up as you're going through the sink. Uh, did you happen to find anything in the other room? Uh, in the room Warp and I went in, no. There's just old pictures, old clothes. As she said, he's a very boring man, and she's not wrong. Well, you have to be boring in a, in a business like this, otherwise you invite danger, right? <laughs> um, Tuck just stares at him. <laughs> Me and Hyde uh, seem to have found a second location that I think we could check out. Maybe there's more information there as well. Great. Uh, we'll, we'll do some research and find out where if he and the wife had any other properties, I guess. So at this point, the three researchers are standing in the living room with a bunch of boxes. Hyde is helping them. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Did anybody check under the bed and the mattress? We'll say that they did a, a thorough uh, a scan of the room and did not find anything out of the ordinary. What about yeah. the living room and the couch? Like, in the seat cushions, under that as well? Did we, we, we can assume that, yes, you guys had the time, no rush, to look through it all, and nothing seems to stand out in the living room. Okay. Besides that uh, box of donuts. 
On a hunch, I open up the box of donuts and look and see what's inside. <laughs> There's about four uh, powdered donuts. They look pretty good. Yep. Would not eat one of those. Wouldn't recommend it. Hi, did I say you, or did I hear you say that you found where he died? Uh, yeah, the bathroom. Smells deathy. Great. Deathy. It's unfortunate. Does anybody, did we find out anything about this wife, Marlene? They went on a cruise in 92. <laughs> we don't know where she is. Yay. They seem to enjoy uh, vacation. But why wouldn't Marlene be here? I don't think she I... has been here. There's no clothes for a woman. There's, I mean, there's no woman's touch here, I guess. I don't know what that means entirely, but. And does that not strike you as strange? Well, perhaps got... it's a, a falling out or she could be with their son, Michael. You guys would know from reading the uh, dossier on Bauman that her name had both a birth date and a death date next to it. Well, there you go. Well, that's she why died. she's not here. Yeah, that makes sense. But listen, 50-year-old man, at least, a heart attack. I don't smell anything unusual here. I think we're done here. Perhaps it was the donuts. <laughs> Junk food. It'll get you. I the worst kind of donut. No one eats anyway. mine. Is there anything fishy with these with these boxes we're sifting through? Is it just a lot of records? It just from you know the the cursory glance that you have all given it, it seems to be mostly again accounting ledgers, records, uh, specifically pertaining to Bauman and his life. Um, he seemed to take meticulous uh, you know count of uh, everything he spent money on. Mary, you said something about a second location. Yes, uh, they seem to have a cabin. Uh, I'd assume it's somewhere in Lansing, but who knows. Uh, but they have a getaway key. I, I had handed it to Hyde. Well, without an address, what good is it to us? Well, I was figuring since we have a technological expert, perhaps you could find a location somewhere nearby. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's a lead nonetheless. It's a second location we, we could see, or uh, it's more evidence that he uh, misses his wife. Either way, he has a second property. And and a car, I should note as well. There's a there's a car in the parking lot, I'm assuming. He had a car key hung up on the key spot just there. Yeah. Can't hurt to check it this, out. Judging by the boxes that we're all carrying, most likely we can probably find this guy's address. And speaking, since these boxes are not getting any lighter, I was like, is everyone okay if we just can get out? Let's move yeah. on out. Yes, yep. uh, I would go. like to. I would like to propose, though, maybe we should take some shifts in going out to the car. It might look a little suspicious if all of us leave his apartment with all of his earthly possessions in boxes. So maybe we space it out between five minutes and then eventually meet up in the car. It'll also give us the time for anyone else to uh, have some last-minute investigations or anything of that sort. That's a good point. Nah, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the first person. Do we need to search the, his actual car? I mean, can we can we just go out back and search that really quick? Would there be a there might be a map or something in there? I don't know how old school this guy is. I, I think that's viable. I absolutely think we should take that key and investigate in the parking lot. Maybe split up uh, two of us, a, a partner pair, and see how that goes about. W what do you say, Warp? I could accompany you. Sure. Um, do you have car keys or the? the knowledge of how to break into a car. I do have the car keys, and we should avoid breaking into cars, just as a precedent. That's fine. That's fine. Let's go. 
Okay. I'll take Warp's box and follow Samuel. Okay, so um, give me a, a trajectory of where everyone's going. Sounds like Warp and Merit are heading to the back part of the building. Mm-hmm. And Sam went to the car. Sam, Sam and Tuck are both I assume going you're just using the, the elevator and such? Um, actually, this time I'm going to take the stairs. I don't want to ride that elevator again. Okay. Who's going with Samuel? I will. I'll take two boxes and start down. And then the other two agents? I was in the kind of like, I was out the door, but I kind of heard what Warp said. And uh, okay. I'm very intrigued by this uh, uh, car. But I'm going to go to our car first because I have like two boxes, I'm assuming, that are kind of heavy with all this paperwork. So I'm going to go drop it off at our car. And then I'll okay. just... I'm going to hang back. Hide, you're going to hang out in the apartment? Yeah, and then I'm going to take that gun that doesn't have a serial number, and I'm going to pocket it. Copy that. So the first one out the door is Agent Boomer. Boomer, I assume you just kind of beeline it to the to the Ooh, staircase and keep going down. <laughs> Semiel and, and Tuck, can you guys give me both alertness checks? Fail, 98. Uh, success, 40. As you're making your way to the stairs, you notice that same little old lady wearing the pink mumu uh, holding the terrier is at her front door. She seemed to have taken her time getting back to her apartment, and she is kind of watching as one, two, three, four, five, six people begin filing out of this apartment. And you are kind of passing her on the way to your to the stairs. I stop and I say, oh, nothing, nothing to be worried, ma'am. Uh, we're all from uh, from Mr. Uh, Bauman's church over there, and we're just grabbing some stuff for his uh, for his uh, son. Uh, just some papers, records, and stuff. Nothing to worry about. Make a persuade check, Samuel. Uh, that's a 41, which is a persuade, persuade, persuade... Uh, that, that is a fail. Okay. She looks at you guys funny and says, uh, it's none of my business, and she kind of unlocks her door and quickly kind of walks into the apartment and closes it. You eventually all kind of make your way out of the apartment. Those of you heading to the car, you can take the uh, boxes back to the car and really run into no one else. Um, Agent... Merit and Warp, you head outside where you see a small parking lot that seems to be kind of connected to two buildings, so it kind of um, is where many people uh, park, uh, but you have a car that has, or excuse me, you have a key that has a clicker on it. I'm going to click it like a million times. Okay. <laughs> Eventually, one of the cars in the corner uh, begins to beep, and you walk over and you see it's a blue Ford Taurus. Um, pretty beat up. You open the door, look inside. Again, a patina of cigarette smoke hits you. This time a little harder because you can actually see a bunch of old cigarettes kind of put out in the in the ashtray of the car. Uh, but just kind of searching through it quickly, nothing really stands out. There's some, there's some junk food wrappers and such. But besides some registration, a secondary ID, you really don't see anything else. Could I pop the trunk? Sure. You do so, and there is a, a spare tire, there's the tire iron, um, but that's about it. It's an empty trunk. Hmm. You know what, Warp? It's a little disconcerting to me that uh, his son has not come to pick all these things up. I mean, 
And now he probably does know that he's died, but... I mean, if... This man didn't leave a whole lot of things behind. There might not be... He probably doesn't see the value in it. Yes, but when when you get involved with things like automobiles, you think even a couple thousand dollars you you could get off a Ford like this. I, I, I mean, I assume you could sell it, right? At the very least, even if you have a... Let's say they have a troubled relationship, you'd at least come back to get your money's worth off of the emotional damage, right? I don't know. No matter how troubled, Warp, they mentioned... Uh, they mentioned the uh, granddaughter's pictures and and things up in the apartment. You, you imagine that if the granddaughter is close with the grandfather, you'd assume the son follows, right? I don't know. No. I'm just musing more than anything, but thank you for being a sounding boy. No, that's, that's true. At the same time, I don't know if this is a residence that everyone is aware of, if that makes sense. Hmm, very true, very true. It's getting to be about 10.15. You guys have been here for about an hour. Um, eventually, Warp and, and Merritt make their way back to the truck or to the Suburban. You guys are all together. What would you like to do now? Can I go back upstairs to that woman's apartment? Sure, if you'd like. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to go knock on the door. Okay. Um, Agent Hyde, you've been in the apartment for a few minutes. Are you doing anything in the meantime? No, not really, because I guess there's nothing else to really investigate. So I assume you'll just head back to the car? Yeah, I'll, I'll close the door and stuff and lock it up. Uh, you, you do pass uh, Agent Tuck as she's coming back up the stairs and heading to another person's apartment. I'll toss her the keys. Yes! I Don't just thumbs up for <laughs> Don't leave without me, I swear to God. Promise, I promise I won't leave without you. But thank you for the keys. All right. I'm wanting them. Let's go down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Drown Merritt out to some music. You uh, walk up to the front door. It's apartment 2D, and I assume you knock on the door? Yeah. Okay. You knock and a moment passes, and then you hear the old woman's voice say, Can I help you? Yes, ma'am. Uh... As my friend said, we're from Mr. Bauman's church, and I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. We can talk through the uh, door if you're more comfortable that way. I know it's a weird time. Y y yes, I, I, I prefer that. Um, you guys don't look like you're from the church. Yes, ma'am. We, we've tried to spruce ourselves up. Everyone's, you know, no one knows what to wear anymore. No one goes out anymore. <laughs> so we're all, we're all a little, a little scatterbrained. My, my cousin calls it COVID brain. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You hear no laughter coming from the other side of the door. <laughs> anyway, I, I, we're all just shocked by the loss of Mr. Bauman. He was a, he was a, an active member of the church. Um, and I just, I just wanted to know if you were around the day he died, if you heard anything, his son, his son's kind of distraught. Um, and I think it would just be a comfort for him to know that someone maybe heard something or was around. Go ahead and make a persuade check. Oh, okay. Come on, big money. Okay. Got <laughs> Ooh, a 12. That's a pain. Nice. The door cracks open just a little bit and you can see that she, she wants to talk to you she wants to say something, but she doesn't want to obviously open the door and kind of get too close. So through this crack, you can see her head kind of poking through and she says... I'll uh, take like a step back to be respectful so she has a lot of space. Uh, it, it, 
it was a terrible shame that poor Mr. Bauman uh, died. He, he wasn't found. He wasn't found for two days. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. That's horrible. Yeah, it's really, really kind of stunk up the place. But oh. I, I, I didn't hear anything. Uh, when I asked the uh, the EMTs that got here, they said he might have died from a heart attack. That that's that's what I know. He kept to himself, so I I don't know what else it could have been. Did he ever have people over? I mean, I know no one has people over right now, but he. Well, we just know he was really lonely after the passing of his wife, and I was just wondering if he had friends or acquaintances or work partners or just just anything that that might bring his son a little bit of little bit of peace. I know he's with the Lord now, so that's that's something. But well, I, I, I'm no snoop or nothing, but <laughs> uh, I, I never noticed anybody coming over to his place. It was usually just him. After his wife died, I I don't think he really had many visitors. Uh, what about his granddaughter? I saw, I saw a few, um, a few pictures and a few drawings. It seemed really sweet. They seemed close. Do you know anything about her? Oh, uh, what was her name? Um, uh, Cassie, right? Yeah, that was the that was, it was. She signed one of her drawings. Clyde always talked about her, but I I never got to meet her myself. Uh, it seems like him and his his children might have had a I don't know I. Again, I don't want to gossip, but I, I don't know if they really got along in these last few years. Yeah, it seems like they're having a little bit of a rough patch in the family. That's mostly why I'm here, just to see what we can do to to mend those those hearts. You know, it's so hard to lose someone, especially now. Oh, well, God bless you for doing that. What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Kate. Well, Kate, Kate, I'll, I'll remember you, Kate. Uh, and what was your name? I'm so sorry, I didn't ask. My, you can call me Mrs. Janowitz. Mrs. Janowitz, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, God bless you, keep you safe and all that. Yeah, God bless you too, darling. All right, take take it easy now. You too. All righty, and she goes to close the door. I'll, uh, I'll walk away and just kind of like shudder <laughs> and try to get, <laughs> get whatever persona I just was in <laughs> off of me. <laughs> and, uh, and walk down to the down to the car and try and be a normal person again. When she gets right. back in the car, I look at her and I nod and I take a sip from my flask and I say, you do the church bit? Yep. <laughs> you raise your voice two cents and act like a good uh, little church girl, someone named Kate or something like that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. It's real gross. Sorry. I mean, I know you're a dude. No. But... Don't apologize. I know five people like that and they all suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a comfort, I guess. Staring into the right stereotype. That was scarily accurate, Samuel. Right. I've seen this movie before. Okay. <laughs> uh, she didn't know much, unfortunately, though. Said he wasn't found for two days. She didn't hear anything. The kids and him aren't on good terms, so. That, uh, that measures up. That is something me and Warp were working on as a uh, theory. Well, theory's proven. Okay. Or as proven as it can be by a 50-year-old woman named Mrs. Janowitz. I have found that 50-year-old women named Mrs. Janowitz are the peak form of information in a town like this. That's a good point. She did say she wasn't a snoop, so she was absolutely a snoop. Yes. His relationship <laughs> with his children aside, we haven't seen jack shit about this guy Daniel Thrice. Now, it could be that we find something in these papers that points us in the right direction. 
but I would say that this trip was all in all a a waste of time because it seems like we've come away with nothing. Surprise, I don't see anything surprise. supernatural about his his death. I mean, he was a 50-year-old man, smoker, ate like shit, heart attack. I mean, that just makes sense. I don't see anything unusual in that. Well, sometimes I think the best thing we can do is wait things out. We've we've got a lot of boxes of information. We've also got a second location. I'm not uh, ready to throw this out completely, especially if he was with the agency. He could just be an exceptional agent. I hate agreeing with Merritt, but I agree with Merritt. <laughs> Thank you. Don't thank me. So where does that send us next? To I think it Starbucks. Sends us to... Okay, well we'll hit Starbucks, but boom. Thank if you. you. Can, if you can find anything about this cabin or whatever. Uh, uh, can I get that? Uh, I'm gonna just kind of turn in the car. I'm like, wait, who has the keys? Really quick. Hi. The car. Hyde has them. I'm in the I'm in the driver's seat. I've just been drumming <laughs> on the the wheel of the car the whole time, just listening to you all talk. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me get clarification. I mean the keys to the secondary location, really quick. I uh, I, I also have the keys that I hold them. Hyde is the key master. <laughs> I got keys for days. You want this? I do you mind. <laughs> I get, I'm gonna just take the keys and I'm gonna just make note if anything sticks out really quick about them. Particular. And I'll just pass her one of the laptops. My my thought also with this second location, there's a possibility that whatever is within these boxes could have some information. If he truly did work for the IRS, I'm sure he keeps all of his files on hand. So maybe we have an address somewhere within there, and then we can connect the keys with the address and, and work that way. So perhaps, and if anyone is opposed, please let me know. Perhaps we bed down for the day. I found a Radisson over by the Capitol that seats 80 a night, and I think we could get a room out, uh, put on some some dinner, uh, get some takeout. Uh, I, I assume Postmates delivers still. Uh, and then we can go through this research and, and have something clear-headed for the next morning. Merritt, it's barely 10.30. We have In all day ahead morning. of us. I think research is, is going to take a while, and I know that eventually we'll have to sleep. We I won't even be able to check into our room right now. We're better off staying here and going through files. Look, how about we go park in a Starbucks parking lot? Sure. <laughs> that works Lord as well. we can't go in. We can't go in, but they'll have internet. Boomer can get coffee, Hyde can get tea, and we can look through all this shit. The room is beneficial because we won't draw any eyes to anyone who is out here without a mask. But we can't even check into our room yet. It's 10 in the morning. And why don't we go to this? Well, okay, we're trying to figure out where the cabin is exactly, but should we not prioritize that since we do have a plane? Well, that's, I think, our next step, but we need I to... Like, I like where this is going. <laughs> we just want to fly, dude. Are you suggesting yeah. we sleep in the plane? I mean, why no, not? I think about it. I mean... Not, not to add more to this really quick, but is there a green box nearby that we could, do we also need to check out? I just need to get, the, just to cover all our bases. Cause that's a good point. Say, do we good know thinking. Who how would you be able to know if there was a green box we, nearby? We do have a list, but we'd have to access the the server, Boomer, if you're comfortable doing so. We have to go get internet first, then, and regardless. So it sounds like Starbucks is the way to go. Starbucks. Seems so. Green box. Maybe a plane, then a cabin. I'm... <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. I just want to make sure I have this correct. We're about to access the most highly encrypted server in the world from a Starbucks? Yeah, but Boomer designed it, so it's the most highly encrypted server in the world that no one else but Boomer can get into. I just wanted to say that that sounds incredible. This is a story. 
Look, babe, sure. I'm going to tell you something real quick, and I think I'm going to blow your mind. What's really cool about these little, little fobs that Warp Drive and Samael have, we, you know what? It, I'll say this. We'll be able to get in and out, upload, and no one will fucking know. That's how cool this fucking highway of like super security. Oh my god! You know what? Oh, sorry. I'm getting. I'm getting ahead. Trust don't, me. Don't we'll care. Let's drive for an hour. I mean, Boomer. If you if you have any notes to any of this, I'd love to give it a read. Uh, notes on uh, like. Do you want me to break down how this thing works in layman's terms? Hey, take your time in terms of getting okay. it to me, but I, I love a good read. So you guys begin heading uh, down the road <laughs> to the closest Starbucks. We'll assume and Agent Boomer continues. Okay, so I'm gonna pull out my little key fob really quick. All right, so this little guy, just for my computer illiterate people here, has basically its own software. I can literally go into any computer. I can go into your grandma's computer. I can pretty much figure this out with your fucking iPhone. Anyways, I can literally type in my password that has to change weekly, get into another password. All right, so basically get through the two doors. Okay, now I'm in. Understand, because of how this damn thing works, you can't find me. I'll be looking like I'm from Kuwait. I could be from Russia. Now, now why up. do you think I can't find you? How, how, how does it work you, that I can't okay. find you? Okay, imagine like me fucking with you by throwing out all these locations. You're like, yes, oh wait, who's here? Me. Oh no wait, you can't find me because now I'm in Timbuk fucking two. This Timbuk thing pops okay. and skips okay. like it's son of the fucking hedgehog and you can't track me. And when you right. think you got Sonic. me, a little fuck you will be right there because I've already been gone 10 minutes ago. So right. that's how this thing works. And if shit goes south, you just push this little button and after five seconds, it explodes. So make sure after hey. five seconds, you let go. That's terrifying. I love it. I Physically know. explodes? Physically really you? explodes? Did they debrief you on this ship before they gave it to you? Not about the, the explosion part. They didn't get to that. It's not going to take out the whole car or anything like that, but I highly recommend if you're going to hold that thing down, you let go because you're going to lose some fingers. Hey, in theory, this could work as a cyanide pill as well. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, rolling right along, say, Agent hey, Boomer, are you the quiet kind of drunk? And I just hold my flask out to her. <laughs> She's not. Don't start on this road, dude. I'm gonna take, <laughs> take a little sip and I'll hand it back. Boomer, it's 10.30, we need you. <laughs> we eventually find ourselves in front of a Starbucks. You guys get the drinks that you wanted through the mobile pickup order, and you're now all sitting in the car. I'm going to go ahead and take our laptop and I'm gonna use our key fob login and try to find the nearest location for a green box. Well, if she's doing that, I'm going to be thumbing through uh, whatever we're calling box one of six. Yeah, I'll take gotcha. an, I'll take another one. I'll have, have them, like, pass it up. Bucket brigade from the back. Same. Okay. So, basically, everyone in the car is assisting. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit on the back, and I'm going to, like, go through my, my regular phone. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool, cool. I'm gonna look to to the rest and say, now I understand we can't check in yet, but should I go about uh, getting us a room for the night while you all are working on this? Do what you want. Hey, that's 
one for pro. Everyone else, a room for tonight, unless you'd like to sleep in whatever green box Boomer finds no, us. Did, I, I raise my hand and be like, yeah, yeah, please get me a room. That sounds reasonable. Um, single, okay. single room. A room no. just for you. Yes. But Six single rooms? I don't want to share. Six single rooms? No. Let's have a discussion about this, but single rooms would mean we're blowing $600. That's nearly a fourth of our budget in one night. I'll have it. I'll put my, I'll put my card down. I'll cover my room. Okay, but I am not going to be held responsible when Mallory is not okay with this. I'm just saying. For the rest of us, I'm getting us two rooms. Only. For two, everyone. Two, two, two a room, yes. So three, uh, uh, yes, three rooms. But since Boomer has taken their own, I suppose, Warp, you would get the third. I can't sleep in the same room as a woman. Okay. And you're bunking up with Merit then. Have fun and with I that. I suppose we'll have a night of religion and and uh, quiet conversation. Guess it's me and Hyde then. While he's doing that, I'm gonna get out and like kind of nod to Hyde. We're bunking up tonight, dude. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I should forewarn you. Warp and Boomer got their own rooms. And the boys get to have fun together. So I'm hoping we're next to them to hear that shit go down. Because if <laughs> Sam L doesn't kill Merit overnight, I will be surprised. Well, it would be a fight to the finish, though. I got five bucks on Sam L. I got five bucks on Merit. He's got the skill. You're on. Sam L's feral. Sam L's fucking feral. He won't quit. God <laughs> <laughs> on his side. Oh I mean, do you see the way he takes notes? That's a contender. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Merritt might have already noticed some some uh, some weaknesses to exploit. If he hasn't figured out all of our weaknesses by now, he's not the Batman I expect him to be. <laughs> Why does he get to be a superhero? That sucks. That'll make the rules. Oh, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk a few paces away from her and try and call my wife. Yeah. Uh, amongst the three of you, what is your accounting percentage skill? Oh. I have fifty. Big fat 20, or 10, okay. 10 rather, sorry. Five zero. So let's start with Boomer first. So Boomer, before you start assisting, you get onto the internet, mm -hmm. you follow the procedures that you've been told. Uh, one thing you notice is it does take a lot longer than the normal internet. Um, it's, it's quite slow. It's reminding you of the old dial-up days, but you do eventually type in a password using this encrypted operating system you get into a very basic looking server. You notice immediately that there's about close to maybe 30 folders and these folders are all just about a string of 12 random numbers. You, you are just kind of looking through them and you just can't make heads or tails of why. I mean, they're not even in, in any kind of numerical order either. It's just like, you know, 12 random numbers, 12 random numbers for these folders. And then at the bottom, you do see a single text file labeled GB. You open that file. I will I will open the green box file. Okay. What you see is just a series of addresses mm -hmm. and some of them have little, little codes, mm -hmm. you know, two, five, six, seven, 
uh, next to it, indicating maybe it's some kind of access code. I'll say it's easy enough. After about four or five minutes, you do eventually see a Michigan address in Detroit. So it seems like, at least within Michigan, the closest green box is probably in Detroit City. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to, is there like a piece of paper, like I'm assuming in the car? Well, wait, I take that back. There's a box, fuck ton. All right, I'm going to take a piece of paper nearby from a box, flip it over. And mm-hmm. uh, in my laptop bag, I, can we presume I would have a pen and all that? Sure. sure. All right, I'm going to go ahead and write down the Detroit address. I'm going to actually write that on a piece of paper and not like copy it onto the computer whatsoever. Copy that. Okay. Um, you eventually do that, you save the paper, and then you go to helping the other researchers. You guys suspect that between the three of you, it's going to legitimately take like three hours to go through all of this stuff. And so once you come to understand that, are you guys going to sit in this parking lot for the next three hours? Or are you going to spend an hour and then make a decision? Because it's going to take a while to go through all this. Why the hell not just get it done? Look. We're, we were brought here to literally read documents and sort this shit. So I'm going to read documents and sort this shit. Am I in the car during this conversation? Yeah, and I'll also say, Agent Merritt, that you have also found the Radisson. You've made the, uh, the, the hotel uh, room appointments. They do mention there is a cancellation fee. <laughs> but you are in the room when, when everybody mentions we've got about three hours before we know heads or tails of what's going on with this paperwork. Okay. Uh, I'm with, I'm with you, uh, Samael, in that we should knock this out, but perhaps we should find a better parking lot first or, or a better location. I just don't like being out in the open like this. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you can keep driving, car. but I'm going to keep reading. It's up to you. Okay. Okay. Very collaborative in that discussion. Thank you. Um, I'll tell Hyde then. I'll go talk with Hyde. I will speak with Hyde. Excuse me. And I step out of the car and I go to Hyde. Uh, Hyde. I, I had a question for you. Samuel couldn't give me a straight answer, but maybe you can. Uh, what do you think about finding a secondary location for us to park so that they can research? I'm thinking somewhere like uh, National Park or, or somewhere at least remote compared to this location. Yeah, we should go. We've been here for a little too long. Yeah, perfect. We'll, we'll say that makes sense. Everybody eventually gets back into the suburban and begin, and you guys begin moving. It's getting close to 1145-ish, getting close to noon. You do eventually find most of the city is empty anyway. So you, you, you find like a park or you find some kind of open area that doesn't have a lot of traffic. You park, you turn on the AC. It's around this time that this heavy cloud coverage has started to threaten and a little bit a little bit more uh, droplets of rain are hitting the car and it's kind of very slowly starting to, to rain. Um, the next Did I manage to three get a- my wife earlier? Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> That's you, all I wanted to know. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll say that you do get a hold of her. She, she, she's she's kind of in the middle of some work, but she's happy to hear from you, and she you know, wants to know what, what what's going on. I don't tell her much, but I try. She's happy to hear your voice. I'm happy to hear her voice, and I get really sad when I get back in the car. <laughs> so the, the next kind of three hours pass uneventfully as you guys begin looking through this research paper uh, or these papers. I'm going to assume that you guys are either feeling hungry or you consider getting lunch going in some way. 
Um, but as you think about that, um, the three researchers finish this, uh, looking through this stuff. And what you can make is that Bauman did in fact keep very, very specific uh, records of his expenditures. There are obvious expenses like renter's insurance and the payment on his car, purchases made to his family. But you begin to notice that there is evidence that Bauman does in fact own a property. You see payments to lumber yards, you see payments to contractors to build something on a piece of property. And you're noticing that anything to do with this property, the address has been meticulously removed from all of these, uh, uh, all this paperwork. And it isn't until you finally come across a photocopy of a deed that you get not a, not an address, but a set of coordinates. And after about three hours, it's about 2 p.m. And you suspect that uh, this is the closest you're going to get to making heads or tails of what this secondary location is, this set of coordinates. I think we got that address. Great. Um, Tell me it's out of state. <laughs> I don't know. It's coordinates. I don't know how to read that. Here, Boomer, you know how to look that up. Yes, I do. Boomer, looking it up on your phone, as you currently don't have internet access. Uh, but you look it up on your phone and Google Maps takes you to what looks to be a one acre property that is about two and a half hours north in the upper peninsula of Michigan. It's a much more wooded green area on the map. Is it anywhere near the lakes? It, it's it's definitely closer to the west side, which would be closer to the uh, some of the water. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of still in the middle of the peninsula. Gotcha. Are we talking like like near Detroit, Warren, Flint? That's where I'm trying to figure out. Yes, no, so I... De- Detroit would be to the east. Okay. And where this is sending you is northwest, about two and a half hours. Gotcha. We can make it there before sundown. I say let's do it. Yes, I think it's a good idea. I don't think we should bed down there. Um, could be a location, could could be too close to uh, any sort of geometry, if I can put it that way. But I think it's a good idea to check out at least. Do you want to check into our hotel first so we get our keys? Uh, If you don't mind, uh, I was going to offer to do it myself in case no one else wanted to, but uh, that would help uh, tremendously. Thank you, Boomer. All right, so with no objections, you guys make your way to the Radisson and Lansing. Task exception. Uh, Acceptance. Agent Merritt. Agent Merritt is the only person who volunteers to jump out and get all of the necessary paperwork signed. You slide the credit card, and you now have rooms for this evening. Uh, do you just do one evening? Agent yeah, Merritt? right now, and then you know we can extend if we need to extend. I'm sure they're not staffed too or filled up too bad. Um, and then I come back out with muffins as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a muffin. I mean, they're free muffins. We're going to get some muffins. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Merritt. Merritt jumps in with his muffins. You guys peel off and you begin heading north. It's about a two and a half hour drive that leads to the upper peninsula of Michigan. You eventually can tell within the GPS that you are heading to a town called Messick, M-E-S-I-C-K. At least that's the closest town to where you are heading. 
with this long amount of time, is there anything that you guys want to do for the next two and a half hours? Um, once we start driving and knowing that we're through all of the, um, the paperwork there, paperwork goes away, Bible comes out, I'm sipping on my flask while I read and we roll. I'm playing reggae music a little bit too loud. I'm just kind of zoning out as I'm driving us up to Messick. Where's Agent Tuck? Is uh, Are they sitting next to me or are they behind me? Where have... I probably gave up the front seat uh, and climbed in the middle. Okay. I'm going to kind of just, like every now and then, just kind of talk to Tuck just to pass the time. Yeah. Just kind of, I mean, how personal are you getting? Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about how shitty 2020 is this year. I'm pissed about Kobe. Uh, we're going to talk about murder hornets, uh, fucking uh, of what we think of the government, particularly the administration, <laughs> that kind of thing. We're not going too deep. We're just kind of ranting yeah. about 2020. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like a good, like a good catch up. It's probably, it's probably been a couple of months since we've had a, had a minute to talk, so we'll... We won't, we won't go into anything personal because mixed company, but... Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I uh, think that at, at one point I would pause it to the group just as I know we're starting to get close. I I would just sort of speak out loud like he's thinking and it became words, but he said, you know, it's really interesting, don't you think? And an agent with kids, with a family, with grandchildren. I mean, how do you juggle all that? Comes with the territory. It's kind of life, man. Yes, absolutely, but... I don't know. I think when you take on that sort of responsibility, you have to put these things aside, right? At least that's my feeling. I, I don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I could come back like that and not take everything with me. When you see the shit that you see in this program, how the fuck can you just walk away from that in good faith? Because I could never bring someone else into it. You don't bring them into it. You do. You protect it's, them from it. It's a matter of psychology. No matter what you do, a part of you is going to share that, whether they know explicitly where it comes from. Obviously, it's affected this man. He's not talking with Michael. He's not seeing Cassie. These are memories he had that he carried into his death, but they're not people he knows. There has to be a reason why. We all make sacrifices. Yes. You need a reason to fight. They're the reason to fight. Are you married? I, I just... I'm sorry? Are you married? No, no. But even if I was, I wouldn't tell you. Dating anybody? Seeing anybody? I'm not. And again, not if I was... Like on, not even I like on Instagram slide into the DM type thing? You're not even chatting someone up? No, I'm not. Really? No. I have a dog. That makes sense. That's as close as I get to connecting. What's your dog's name? Um, Samson. That's not his name. That is his name, Samson. He's, okay. he's a Boston Terrier. He's my life. And... I don't project whatever I have in this onto a dog. And if I do, I'd be terrible. But that's what I'm saying is, I, I think it's interesting that this man was so quick to go on cruises, to have another life, to have a cabin. It's interesting to me because, I don't know, it's something I didn't think you could do. This can't be all there is or you'll lose yourself. I don't know. I think it has to be both ways. And, and that's the interesting part of it. I mean, at the end of the day, we're people. You just got to find the balance. Right. Take all the, the creepy, stressful work feelings and put them in a box and then put all the other feelings in another box and oh, just keep oh. the boxes very far Listen, apart. Agent Mary, some people weren't meant to be happy and were those people. Accept oh. it. Move on. 
We can be happy. Uh, Portal. In what? one box, I'm super happy. What's with the other box? We don't. That's a different box. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you put your literal feelings in a box. Y yes. Is oh. that not? I mean, it's, sometimes it's not a box. Sometimes it's a room. It doesn't have to stay a box. But I mean, like cube is sort of the theme for me. I I think that maybe we should just take a break from talking now. That's that would be wise. What? Yes. What? I'm just. Wow. During during this travel, um, it's about 3 p.m. You have another about an hour and a half. And um, Agent Boomer, your personal cell phone begins to ring. Oh, okay. I'm going to I'm going to pick it up. Uh, you can see that it is your fiance. Hey, babe, what's up? Hey, um, Maxine, where are you? You didn't show up for lunch today. Oh, my God. God, I'm such a dick. I thought, I'm so sorry. I Did the nurse uh, not reach out to you at all? No, I, uh, it, it's been crazy in here today. I really didn't get a chance to talk uh, to anyone. Uh, What's going on? Are you okay? No, no, no. Everything's totally fine, totally fine. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, and you can't tell. You can't tell. You can't tell my sister. And you can't tell. Uh, I'm looking around the card. I realize I can't. I don't want to say the names out loud. I, you can't tell anybody. Okay, so, um, what's going on? Are you all right? No, You're everything's. Um, if I all right. So I actually got a phone call about some major, major uh, government contracts. And, honey, this could this could be. I'm talking. This could be the game changer so i'm i thought I, I i left i left uh like some food at the nurse's stand with a note i'm so sorry i'll yell at them when they come back that's i i am heading to dc right now and we're, what we're trying to do is we're possibly trying to use some of our software to help especially with covid and everything like i don't don't tell anyone else their stuff but long story short if we can nail this down we can really help change things so much. And also, we can set ourselves up for life. So I'm so sorry. I can't believe that this happened. But I'm trying to get back to you very soon, probably within the next three to four days. If not, I will update you ASAP. Oh, my God. Wow, this is all so sudden. I mean, I, I it's great news, though, right? This is, like, I'm about to lose my shit. I can't believe this. But like, like I said, right. we're going to keep right. this. Don't tell anybody, though. I, I, I won't. I'm very happy for you, Maxine. I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm having a really bad day. There's a lot of cases coming in today. And What's it just, going it on? It would have been nice to have you here. So, yeah, it, it just, it just would have been nice to have you here. But I know. It, this is good. This is good news. I'm, I'm not gonna be a spoil sport. I'm, I'm happy for you. Okay. No, I, um, I would not do this without you. This is like, I want to make sure that like, we get, we're taking care of each other for everything. So, but, tell me about your day. Actually, uh, I, I gotta go, honey. Okay, I'm, I'm so sorry. New patients coming in, but uh, all right, I'm, I'm glad to hear things are going good. Just, just call me tonight, all right? I will, absolutely. Love you. All right, all right, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Mwah. Bye. You did not handle that well. This is the boxes are super <laughs> close. This is what I was talking about. They're you know very what? Close. I'm just gonna say this, y'all. Who here in this car has gotten laid in the last 48 hours? Me. Thank you. Everyone You're else? You're asking the priest. Me and Hyde. Thank You're you. You're not the only one getting some. Thank you. How is this vital to the mission? How is this vital to the mission? It's not. It's really not. It's not. It's just a little bit of bragging, honestly. It's a fucking flex. Let's just say it what it is. Lord, She's give me strength. Tomorrow. Padre, do not judge. 
Yeah, you got two lesbians no in the car. It won't end well. No one's you. no <laughs> yeah. one's judging anybody. Eventually, the GPS leads you to an exit ramp, which leads to an off-road. You spend about 10 or 15 minutes driving through fairly dense wooded areas. This part of Michigan is deep forest and, and much more mountainous as opposed to kind of the more flat lands of, of Lansing. You are passing homes every couple of minutes. You, you assume every home in this area is pretty isolated with a couple of acres each. And eventually, around 4.30, you pull up to the address. Uh, you stop the car and kind of take in the, the location. On about a one-acre uh, piece of land, there stands a one-story cabin constructed of wood. You can see that there are power lines running to it, so you suspect it's connected to the local power grid. Um, you can see that there are two smaller structures in the backyard. What do you do? Well, I would like to propose a ga uh, game plan to all of you. I'm thinking that maybe two of the security team could I walk get out the of the car. Seven, yeah. seven, but God damn it! I'll get out with him. <laughs> well, <laughs> next um, time, Merritt. Merritt, you still haven't figured this shit out with him. No, I just I I won't be apologetic when he dies, <laughs> and I get out of the, the car as well, That's and I I start to walk the acre in perimeter. Uh, I, I hope that uh, I actually look to Tuck before I start to walk the perimeter as my doors open. I look at her. Uh, would you mind to accompany me on a walk around the perimeter? Unless I, I you'd like me to take one of the research teams. Uh, no, I'll go with you. Hyde, you got the three eggheads? These uh, names. Two, two eggheads. There's three of them. got it. Yes, well, one acts of his own I, volition. I, so. I go after Samo. No, I'm not going anywhere. I just got out of the car to piss him off. <laughs> Terrible. Then I'm just gonna put my hand on your shoulder, and it's like I got, I got. The That's the one I'm worried about. Thanks, Hyde. Okay. I, I take Merritt's shoulders and I turn him and I push him toward the perimeter, so he doesn't <laughs> start anything with Sam. Perfect. Okay. Let's take. So Merritt, Merritt, and Tuck, you guys begin walking the perimeter of the of the property. The four others. What are you guys doing? Shall we go in the house? We shall. I'm going to let them um, take lead, but I'm going to follow. Sure. So the folks walking the perimeter, Merritt and Tuck, you guys, uh, again, this log cabin has, looks to be a couple rooms, not very big. It's actually quite small. Um, you suspect there's maybe at most one bedroom in this, in this thing. Uh, but as you walk around the back, you can see that there is two small structures. One seems to be an outhouse and one seems to be a kind of utility shed. And you also notice that there's like a kind of closer to the tree line farther from the house. There's like a what looks to be like a little hole in the ground. There's almost like a shallow pit kind of close to the woods. Uh, there's also a tree in the middle of the yard. That's what you immediately notice, kind of just walking around the space. Uh, the other four of you walk up to the front door, and I assume you're using uh, the keys that you have. They, in fact, work, and the door unlocks. Does everybody walk in? I'm going to be last to walk in. Just kind of give a, a quick sweep around the area. Gotcha. Uh, the cabin interior is quiet, and there's more than a few cobwebs that are illuminated with the sunlight that's kind of coming in through the windows. There's some secondhand furniture, and there's a rustic decor that makes you think 
that Bauman probably had some help in decorating. You can sense a woman's touch here. You stand in the living room, but you can see that there's an open kitchen and there's also a bedroom. You immediately notice that the living room is in a somewhat disheveled state. There's a sleeping bag that is crumpled in the corner uh, by the couch. There are cans of ravioli that are open with flies kind of coming in and out of them on the coffee table. And there's a chair where the TV might usually be. Propped up on the chair is a corkboard. Does everyone kind of continue looking around this area? Does everyone split off? As soon as I see the corkboard, I hone right in on it, walk up to it and see what's on it. All right. Everyone else? I'm going to go sweep through the, the rooms and stuff to make sure it's secure before anybody really proceeds. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, Warp and Boomer, what are you guys doing? If you're getting the cork board, I'll try to get the kitchen. Okay. And I'm going to follow Hyde to the bedroom, and I'm going to kind of like wait in the doorway until she gives me the all clear so I can go ahead and okay. investigate. Um, Agent Samael, you walk up to this cork board. It's 18 by 24 inches, and it has several note cards napkins, newspaper clippings, and other kind of random papers pinned to it. it. It's like a stereotypical conspiracy board, complete with red string connecting a few of these cards. You notice that there are candles lining the chair and extra index cards and string that are laid out almost ritualistically. Uh, the whole scene kind of reminds you of like a, a makeshift altar. This was a very important thing to who you assume is Clyde Bauman who, who, who built this. I'm going to share with you all what it looks like. Um, we're not going to be able to go into extreme detail until you guys kind of sit down and look at it and parcel everything out, but you can at least see what it kind of looks like. There's tons of scribblings uh, looks to be, you know, somebody's hand uh, handwriting um, on various different things. There are numerous names and aliases, dates, and and things like that, and it's quite a lot to take in at first. While you are kind of looking it over, Agent Sam, Agent Boomer and and Hyde, you guys walk into the bedroom, and it is all clear. The best that you see is a big log or wooden bed that has this kind of nice um, native kind of print and there is looking around nothing really stands out except when you kind of instinctively look under the bed you see that there is a footlocker under the bed you pull it out you notice immediately that it's very old i think that agent hyde would be able to tell that it's probably somewhere around vietnam era uh, of a of like a military footlocker do you pop it open i was gonna say can i pop that uh open or is there like a lock on it uh there does not seem to be any kind of formal uh lock it looks like you can open it if you wanted to open it so agent boomer you with agent hyde's permission begin opening the footlocker mm -hmm. and inside are a bunch of random things. The first thing you notice is that on top of everything, there is a sealed white envelope marked with a triangle in green ink. Mm. You open it up and you can feel that there's probably a letter or a piece of paper inside. But in the footlocker are a number 
of things. We'll get back to you. Uh, Agent Warp, you go to the kitchen. You begin looking around. What are you specifically doing? Mostly, I'm not looking for anything too specific because there isn't much to the kitchen. But I guess if there's some sort of altar-esque thing happening, I'm looking for weird things in the refrigerator or... Um, yeah, honestly, meat that shouldn't be there. We'll start with that. Okay. So you're trying to look for the inconsistencies. You begin looking around, uh, opening cabinets, and eventually you get to the the cabinet that is underneath the sink. You open it up and you look, and you don't have a lot of experience in plumbing, but you notice that the tube that comes out of the sink just kind of ends, and then you notice that there's another tube, like in the wall, but that tube seems to be full of cement or concrete or something. It's been filled. Hmm. All right. Um, okay. So whoever... This getaway is not a getaway anymore. Safe to assume. But why... Okay, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to go see what Sam is up to. Okay. Uh, Merritt and Tuck, what would you guys like to do while you're outside? I don't know about you, Tuck, but I'm probably most interested in whatever that pit is. I'll follow it for now. All right. You walk past the outhouse. You walk past uh, the shed. You walk past the tree. As you are walking past the tree, it is very obvious to see that there is a chain of some kind wrapped uh, around the tree, just kind of once. And attached to the chain, you notice immediately is a dog. It looks like a like a Rottweiler, but it's not moving. And as you get a little closer, you realize it's probably dead. Maybe I'll it was his. Hit? His. His. Probably. I'll I'll go up to it and kind of whistle as I get closer and just see if there's anything. Yeah, you, you give a few whistles, you kind of crouch down to get a better look. It is, in fact, a, a dead dog. Uh, using your forensics abilities, it doesn't seem to be horribly decomposed. It looks like it's maybe been here a month or so, which out in the open is obviously going to be quite decomposed, but you still see a lot of skin. There's a, you know, it's, it seems to be basically composed still, but you, you suspect, you can already see, like, there's ants and stuff kind of crawling all around it and stuff. Mm, poor buddy. Um, Agent Merritt, you walk over to this shallow pit, and you can see that there is a hatch for a septic tank that is padlocked from the outside. There is earth kind of piled around the hatch, which indicates that it's probably stood exposed like this for for a little while. I I turn back to Tuck, and I say to her, um, you don't suppose this is the second key, do you? Only one way to find out. Um, Agent Tuck... Uh, and Merit, let me have you both make intelligence checks. Just intelligence times five. Please be kind. Success. Success. It's both around the same time that you both realize that if this is in fact a septic tank, it's unusual that the hatch is exposed like this. It would usually be buried Mm -hmm. much deeper underground. And it's strange that a house that has a septic tank also has an outhouse. I was just Things about are to say not that. really adding up. Yeah, they're not really adding up. On that on that realization, I'm gonna go straight for the outhouse and kind of push the door open uh, a little okay. cautiously. I'll stay over All by right. the, the pit waiting for her to confirm. What is your forensics, Agent Tuck? My forensics is a thirty-seven. 
you can tell that this is a functioning outhouse, but judging from the kind of lack of intensity of smells, you, you assume it's probably been several weeks, if not months, that someone has used this outhouse. Oh, this is going to be disgusting, and I'll go in and I'll uh, shine my flashlight down into... Yeah, it, it, you know, you you see what you expect, yeah. but it's it's kind of dried, and there, there's not as much uh, liquid or, or anything that you would expect from a from an outhouse. I'll go back out and say, we need to check the septic tank. The outhouse is right. what it's supposed to be, but... A reasonable amount of shit, you're saying? <laughs> Perfect. A reasonable uh, amount of shit, yeah. So uh, I'm thinking that the same thing you're thinking. I'm thinking maybe this is a green box of some sorts. We we should go meet the others, right? Yeah, we, let's check out this. Let's check out this last uh, storage locker. Oh, just you're just absolutely right. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Good catch. Uh, as you are making your way back to the house, you stop first at the shed, and inside you find a small wooden shed that has several tools. Um, you know, things to, to shear tree limbs and power tools. And there are most noticeably four five-gallon tanks of gasoline, and they all seem to be full. But there's no machinery on the, besides the, besides like the power tools? No, you, you do see a small like water pump uh-huh. that is probably supplying water to the cabin, but no generator or anything like that. Was there something like a tractor or like a riding mower that yeah. we saw driving up? Nothing big like that, no. Inside the shed, there is, you know, one or two uh, gas-powered uh, tools, weed whackers, things like that. But, but not nearly. But require, like, that much gas. No. Cool. So back in the house, we can assume that you guys will head back to the house. Agent Sam, is there anything you want to do as you are kind of taking in this uh, board? Agent Boomer! Yeah! <laughs> Ansel Incorporated, you know it? Not off the top of my head. Technology company. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Google that. You Google the name. There's a few results, but you seem to find the website of a technology firm of some kind. Ansel Incorporated, and like all of these tech companies, it's a little hard to discern, but you assume from the nice layout of their website that probably military, probably, you know, intelligence, something like that. I'm going to kind of go into the doorway so I'm not like shouting across really quick. I'll be like... (laughs) Uh, tech firm, very nice website, but it looks like a bullshit front for probably the same shit that we're doing. Just heads up, and then I'm that gonna go sense. back into the room. Come take pictures of this for me when you get a chance. Will do. So, Agent um, Boomer, you and Hyde are kind of piecing together what you find in this locker. Yes. Um, I will send you guys an exact list, but I'll read it out to you now what you see. So the first thing you notice is that there is reel-to-reel tapes that are inside a tape player, and they are labeled with FBI evidence tags. FBI evidence tags are dated August 15th, 1972 to September 29th, 1972. 21 hours total is written out. Uh, So it's an actual reel-to-reel that you can play. The next thing is a cardboard box that when you look inside, uh, it contains a neatly folded but very bloody man's suit. There is a annotate, an annotated copy of a dissertation of some kind, and the title is Sky Devils, Archetypal Figures in Native American Mythology by Karen Barr. 
And it's uh, not too thick, but it's something you suspect you could probably read in a day or so if you kind of plowed through it. The next thing you notice is that there are three tear gas grenades. Agent Hyde, you can immediately recognize that these tear gas grenades are at least 20 years old according to their design. There is a large knife that once you pick it up, you realize it's probably made of iron because the metal part of it is quite heavy. But the handle is made of bone. In fact, it's quite obviously like a human femur or something. Doesn't even look that old, uh, at least the handle doesn't. Uh, What does stand out about the knife beyond the bone handle is that there is this set of strange carvings actually on the blade. They look like check marks kind of along a, a line. There's some dotted circles and things like that, but you don't immediately know what this is. There is a leather pouch and there's also a little glass sphere inside. It's like a little bead. And those are the things you find inside. Well, shit. <laughs> this is <laughs> this ain't good stuff. I'm going to At this point, Merritt and Tuck, you guys step in and you see that uh, there is some work already being done and there are some things to see. So, Tuck, um do you know, like, uh, I was about to say, you've probably been down this rodeo more times than I have. Uh, take a look at what's in the box. I'm going to just show her and step back. I'll, uh, I'll look in the box. Yeah, you, you see the same things that I just pointed out. There's a book, there's some tear gas grenades, there's a strange knife that has a bone handle, a little glass bead, a little leather pouch. Bloody suit. Um, and, and the thing, yep, bloody suit, and the thing that probably stands out to you as an FBI agent is that there are reel-to-reel tapes with these FBI evidence tags on them. And those dates were uh, August 15th, 72 to September 29th, 72? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, this is a lot Mm. of information. (laughs) Tuck, I am not watching these fucking tapes alone. Just FYI. I'll do it. You don't have to do it this time. Thank you. You did enough last time. Damn right. Anyone know anything about the Meadowbrook, New Jersey? Yeah, what about it? It's on this board. What? Agent uh, Tuck, you step into the living room where you see Agent Samael, like, kind of sitting Indian style, just kind of, you know, engrossed in this, what looks to be a classic conspiracy board. And as you approach, he points out that, in fact, in the bottom corner, there is what looks to be a uh, a news article. Arthur Donnelly, ever heard of him? Uh, We met, yeah. You, what, really? Long time ago. Where? Why? Part Around. The- All right. Well, I mean, look, you can see the article for yourself. Yeah, I'm reading it now. Picking the ground, a piece of property. Yeah. The, the article basically goes into detail about what you, Agent Tuck, know are the last events that occurred in the home. The home that you and Agent Boomer uh, visited. It goes into detail about the death of... Chief Police Michael Buffington and all of the strange occurrences that happened in that house. And the article ends with describing the fact that the local community has decided to bulldoze the home and make it a park. They made it a park. That's hilarious. Why is um, that funny? Uh, weird shit happened in that house. I'm was that you were there? What? You were there. Maybe. No, you were there. I can hear it. But why is it on this board is the question. 
That's... Why is it tagged underneath Ansel Incorporated? Look at this. Do you see this? This is obviously a floor plan right here. Either that or it's some sort of security hierarchy. Well, There's not a line I, to it. It's a Gavin Ross. If I can right speak up real quick, uh, it seems as though our man Clyde was speaking with your friend Donnelly, uh, Tuck. Won't call me back. Uh, so maybe this is in connection with he, uh, him discovering why he's not having his calls returned. Yeah, Donnelly so Some sort of conversation. And oh. forgive me, but this everything on this corkboard looks to be information about the program. No wonder this is a cleaner job. This is this is his investigation into our organization, correct? Yeah, looks like But it. look at top left corner, there's our first mention of Daniel Freist that we've seen so far. Problem is it's not have it doesn't have any connections to other nodes. Well Which I Which leads me to believe he hasn't found anything. The maybe Black, Black Chamber Yes, a, a case file, maybe? That's a good Black one. chamber. So, um, for the audience to understand what's happening, Agent Samael, could you at least describe what are the kind of maybe three or four main things that you guys are looking at here? Yeah, so we're looking at this uh, corkboard and posted on it. We're noticing first there's a business card for a corporation called Ansel Incorporated. Uh, connected to a piece of paper that appears to have some sort of D0, D1. Uh, it's either a floor plan or some sort of security clearance connected to a number of names, and in the top left-hand corner of the corkboard we are seeing written on a postcard uh, the first reference we have found to a Mr. Daniel Frice, uh, which is posted uh, also with a reference to something called Black Chamber. Uh, there's a number of things on the board, but that's what stands out uh, right away. It looks like he was trying to break it down, like he was trying to find find clearance levels and, and connections to exactly how the organization works. Let's go back real quick to Agent Boomer and Hyde. You guys have kind of gotten an understanding of, of what is happening in this footlocker. Um, what is left, Agent Hyde, is this white envelope that, uh, that seems to contain a letter inside of it. Uh, I'll grab it and open up the envelope. Okay. You you see that there is a letter, and I will share that with you now. If you wouldn't mind, Agent Hyde, reading aloud what the letter says. To whom it may concern, if you are reading this note, I can assume I have died or become incapacitated before I had the courage to complete my final mission. You will find about 20 gallons of gas in the shed behind this cabin. Pour it into the septic tank beside the cabin and ignite it. You'll be happier if you didn't look inside. Please make sure that the remains are kept for my children. I am so sorry. God, please forgive me. Clyde Bowman. Is this read out to all of us, or is this in the other room? At the moment, only Hyde has read this. Okay, perfect. So what, what oh. would you like to do, Agent Hyde? Uh, I'm just going to fold the letter for a second. I'm not going to say anything quite yet, because I want to figure out what that all meant. We're like, Agent why? Boomer, what are you doing? I'm going to be like, Hyde, uh, can, I, I'm gonna, can you give me your arm strength really quick? Because I'm just going to take one end of the footlocker, motion for her, and like, let's just put this in the trunk of the car, because... We need to. We're gonna need to file this stuff. Uh, okay. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna just put the letter in the, my back pocket and help her out. Okay. So those of you who are in the living room, you see Agent Boomer and Hyde carrying oh, a footlocker, and they begin moving out the front door and moving to the car. Hey, Hyde. It's... Hold on just a second. Can we get those? Can we get those keys from you? Uh, sure. I hand it uh, to, to Tuck. Uh, I'm not even gonna look at Merritt. I'm just gonna go back in the backyard, and yeah, I. I pick up and follow as soon as Tuck starts. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, where, where are both of you going? Um, I speak to Tuck and Merritt as well as Boomer. 
Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna quickly like put this in the car. There's just too much stuff to go through and I just figured let's just go ahead and take it so we can file away. We found a uh, septic tank out to the north of the property. It's been sealed off though. It doesn't look like it's being used for its actual purpose considering there's also an outhouse. We think the second key probably uh, opens the lock. I'm going to make sure we don't go as far as going into it yet, but we just want to make sure we can open it if we can. Do you mind if I join you? Of course not, Warp. Come along. I don't want to be anywhere near that. That's completely all right. I didn't wait all for right. them. I just went straight back to it and started unlocking it. So, Agent um, Boomer and Hyde, you put the trunk into the back of the car. The car is quite full at this point. You've got all of your luggage, you've got this big locker, and you also have about six boxes full of cardboard, excuse me, full of uh, paperwork. So it's it's quite cramped at this point. I'm sorry, did we go through all those boxes pretty thoroughly earlier? You, you feel like you have done your due dil- diligence to make sense of Bauman's paperwork, and it seems like the only thing that really stood out was the coordinates for this Home. Honestly, I'm just going to probably take like maybe two of those like junk boxes out to at least make some space in the car. Yeah. And where are you going to put those I'll boxes? Put, I'll, I'll bring them into the cabin, into like the living room for now. Okay. So Merritt, Tuck, and Warp, you guys walk out. We'll say that uh, Tuck, you get to the door first and you begin unlocking it. Um, it's now about, we'll say, 530 sun is kind of getting low in the sky now that you see it now that the clouds have cleared you unlock the latch open it up there's not quite enough sunlight to let you see perfectly inside but you can see that there is an interior it's very large it's about two meters deep and two meters wide about three meters long uh, from the interior Uh, it's dark and a little damp you can see just like kind of a little bit of, of like a pool of water that seems to trail into the darkness. I'll uh, pull out a flashlight. You pull out the flashlight, and as you are starting to examine it, what immediately happens is you hear sobbing. Soft. Mm. Fuck. What mm. the fuck? Nope. Nope. And as soon as you, as soon as you can hear it, it begins changing, and it's, <sighs> she says... No! Help me, please! Please help me! Can you help me, please? I'm gonna fumble with the flashlight and try and get it on quicker. There's a person oh down God. there? We got it. We- you, you can. Sounds like there's somebody down there. Uh, uh, Tuck, can I, I make know. My way down there? You bore back. Tuck, I know what you're thinking right now, but could we just shut that? We need to know who's in there. There's a person in there. Yes. Help me, please. I'm so scared. Please. I just need to get out. Please I'm gonna, help I'm me. I'm going to take like a step back and then put the flashlight in there. Let's do this correctly. Let's shut it right now and lock it. And let's make sure we're following procedure. There's yes. A person in there. Agent Merritt, as you are arguing this, Agent Tuck, I assume, is going to go through with the idea. So, Agent Tuck, what are you doing? Are you sticking your head in and pointing the... I'm not going to stick my head in. I'm going to angle myself to try and get the like the longest view of it. Okay. And have my flashlight... Not in. You're, you're doing your yeah. You're doing your best, but you just everywhere you're looking, you just see kind of like a, a larger puddle of water. You don't currently see anybody in there, and 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 it's just continuing. This woman just sounds more and more desperate. She's saying she can't move. She's saying she needs water. She's hungry. Please, please help. Can I? Um, unless right. Tuck is doing something first, can I attempt to shut the 
perceptive. No, upon, upon uh, seeing that, I'm going to back up. Upon seeing that, like, I can't see an actual person and knowing what we yeah. know from New Jersey, I'm going to back the fuck up. Okay, cool. Agent Mary, you slam the the top down <laughs> and, and we, kind of close the We can't just leave can. the person down there. There's someone down there. Yes, we can. You need to understand that we have no idea what we just saw. You both need to take a deep breath and understand that we are not in the business of saving people. As you are having this argument, Agent Hyde is walking up. What's going on? Where are you? Is What's going on? There's there? a voice in in the septic tank. At this point, you can hear a thaw, a, a very soft. There's there's someone down there, and for some reason, we're not letting them out. We don't know what is down there. There was no one in there, Warp. I go in my back pocket. I pull out the note. I found this letter from Bowman. It said to not go in the septic tank. It says to blow it up <laughs> with gasoline. Good thing we saw that earlier. What did you find down there? Well, do you hear the knocking? I hear the knock. It just sounds like a like there's a woman locked in the septic tank. I, I'm going to try to... I'm going to try and stop her. If she's going towards it, I'm going to try and stop her. Yeah. Okay. Um. You can you can make a contested check. All, it's not gonna uh, be great. She's not super strong. All right. But we'll do it. <laughs> do a, a, a strength times five check. Can I just put my hand at my belt where my service pistol is? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. It's an eighty-six, which is a failure. Uh, mine is worse than an eighty-nine. <laughs> what? I'm mostly just gonna try and block her more yeah. than anything. Not necessarily okay. like hold her, but just block and and try and get her to look me in the face when I explain. Warp, there was no one in there. I looked around. There's just a puddle. It, It's just a puddle. It's some, sometimes things... Sometimes things pretend to need help. And they're lying. And you have to just see past it. Agent Warp, you can still hear the... Someone is banging on the inside of that septic tank. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Warp, it's okay. Listen... Tuck, Hyde, can you watch over Warp? I'm going to go get the others. We can have a conversation about this out here. Understood? We should have the conversation inside. Perfect. That's even better. Let's make sure that this lock is is secure and let's move back to the house. We can have the conversation. Maybe me and and Hyde can go into the shed and and retrieve the gasoline just in case. Okay. This is crazy. It is. The The team. The team makes their way back into the home. You grab the uh, the canisters of gas. Uh, Agent Samael, you see everyone kind of make their way back. Agent Boomer, you're also seeing this. And they're also carrying four or five-gallon gasoline uh, tanks. What the hell's going on? Good question. Nothing good. What do you mean, nothing There's good? There's a septic tank. You, 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 stay. All of you stay. Me and Mary. Me stay. Yes. There's What's a, going on? a septic tank out back, and we thought we had the key. We do. Um... There is an entity down there. I haven't confirmed anything. We haven't confirmed anything. But it was asking for help, and obviously we're not going to give it that. But there was also a letter uh, given uh, to us by Hyde that she had found within the house that warned us against going down there and warned us to uh, light the thing on fire with this guy. Tell me exactly what this thing... What? First of all, what did you see? Second of all, what did it say? I think Tuck can speak to that. Uh, it, was, it was asking for help. It said it couldn't move. It was hungry. It was thirsty. Um, it, it was just, it was asking. It, it, it wanted, it obviously wanted us to come in. And I've been on enough of these cases to know not to do that. Hell no! You didn't see anything, no. but you didn't see anyone. There was a pu- there's a puddle, and that's it. Huh. <laughs> what? I've seen worse than that. What is it? Let me add it. 
You're not gonna get rid of that thing with gasoline. Let me at it. I'm sorry. That's... It's a person. I don't... I understand... Actually, I don't understand. But if we don't know that it's not a person, and we... Then we don't know that it is... I just... I just think it's worth giving a second. Warp drive. No, no, no. This... I don't... This is your first rodeo? Boo, I'm telling you. Do not fuck with this kind of shit. Agent Warp, I assure you if it's a person, I'll be able to discern the difference. But if it's something that can be heard but not seen, let me tell you that I will have the relevant knowledge and experience to deal with it. Now let me add- Why take the chance? I'm sorry, I don't mean to overstep. This is a cleaner mission. We were hired to take care of any loose end, and human or not- Agent Merritt, do you want someone stumbling onto that thing? No! Do you I, want somebody I, walking into that? Who knows what the fuck that thing's gonna high. do? Now, if we leave here and if we don't deal with it, that that blood is on us. Fine. Let the I'm man gonna say it again. Hole. Let me add it. Let him add Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Let the man into the hole. There we go. Let him do it. I'll be the first to lock after you. I don't think that's a good idea. Exactly. It's not. Okay. Compromise. Sam, you don't go in, but we let you talk to it. I don't need to go in. I just need to speak to it. Nobody comes with me. Nope. Okay, one person comes with me. How about that? No, we all go if, if this is Merit. the plan. Agent Merritt, if something goes wrong and we're all there, then we all are fucked. Yes, well, we're fucked either way. My point is that if we blow it from sky high, if we do exactly what the agent who knows will do, absolutely nothing to get rid of it. Trust me. Okay, if you can't stand to listen to my entire point, then don't even try to act like you're a part of this team. Die in that fucking hole, then. Look, look, look. Well, that's you're my... both tense. There's a lot of weird shit going on. And I'm- I'm not having fun. No one's having fun. This job isn't about having fun. But we need to do something. And if the father has some kind of experience with this, we need to let him at it. We can create a daisy chain of people if that makes you feel better, Merit. I'm sorry, but the person that has the most experience is the one that wrote that letter. I'm just saying. I disagree. Fine. Look, I'll go with him. Sam can stand closest to it. I'll stand next closest. Tuck, well, you know that's dumb. You know that's dumb. What are you doing? I what know that's dumb. Thank you. Then don't do the dumb move, okay? Homeboy, <laughs> let him walk in. And if shit goes south, we either light the bitch on fire and let him burn. Sorry, bro. You want to go in. That's fine. That's you. My ass is going to be a good couple feet away near the car. Warp's going to take out the yarn that she's already made in her bag. We just tie it to a phone. Turn on the flashlight, swing it around a few times. Let's try that. What does that do? Right, that's it gives this us shit. a visual without someone going down into it. That way, once if we see whatever's down there, sure. then we can make whatever decisions we need to. If the thing takes the phone, it'll take the phone and some string, and that's it. Why not? Can we put Why video not? function on it? See if we can get a video of whatever it is. We're not yes. the fucking goonies. These are... Whatever. All right, fine. Let's just do it. That's fine. That's fine. Can I speak quickly? Before we do any of this, can we document everything we found in this place first, get it digitized, and up to the server? Uh, I'm comfortable if we even split up to do so, but that's what we came here to do, is clean this site. Then we burn the place. Then, then we can go into whatever the hell you like. Let me go to the car, and I'll take out my laptop, and I'll start doing that. If anyone Good. wants to follow me... Thank you, Boomer. Great, I got y'all on that. Someone stay with Boomer. I think I will. I'll stay with Agent Boomer. I don't want to be a part of this. Thank you. So, Agent Samael, and who else is going out to the septic tank? I am. I'm not leaving I'm going Warp. String. Tuck and hide, I assume? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. 
Okay. I'm gonna miss everyone. I'm gonna miss you guys for that. <laughs> the four of you walk out, and um, you are standing in front of the tank. You know that it's just a matter of unlatching it and then swinging it open. Okay. Before we open it, I will take out the string. Does anyone want to volunteer this? I'm not gonna use the damn thing anyway. Perfect. Hand it to her. I tie the string around the phone enough times, um, and then I FaceTime my phone. Okay. Nice. And then get a good, like, 10, 12 feet, and then say, okay, we're good. Okay. I'm gonna pull you... my pull my, my service pistol and just have it. At okay, the so who is, who is lowering yeah, I'm, this I'm... phone into the hole? I'll do it. How, how far Hand away from the hole are you people? 10 to 12 feet. Uh, too damn close. I, I, don't think you, I don't think you can be 10 to 12 feet from the hole and be working on getting it down to the hole. There has to be at least one person opening it and one person kind of guiding the, the, the phone in. I am not afraid. I will lower it. Who's opening the hatch? I can keep it open once it's open, but I don't know how heavy that door is. I'm lowering the phone. I'm going to keep an arm's reach of, of warp so I can jerk her back if something happens. Agent Samael, you begin releasing the string down and the phone kind of dangles down into the darkness. As that happens, I make sure the reach into my, down past my collar, I grab the chain underneath, pull the crucifix out, flick it out so it's hanging in the open. Okay. Agent Warp, you are FaceTiming with the phone and you can see that it is, you know, kind of dangling around, seeing from side to side. Um, there is a far end to this septic tank that kind of just falls into darkness. And even with the flash on, you're just, you're kind of having a hard time seeing anything. But you can all hear the soft whimpering of a woman who says, Help me, please. Please help me out. Young lady, what is your name? My, my name's Marlene. Marlene. Please, I'm so scared. Can you help me out? Marlene, I'm Father Jones. How long have you been in this tank? I, I've, I've, I've lost track of time. I, I, I think at least, a, I think a couple weeks, I think. And I keep talking to whatever it is as I'm lowering it down, and I just look back to Warp to tell me if she does or does not see anything. I can't see anything. Still, right? Yeah, Agent Warb, you you notice that there is something on the far end, but again, it's just not illuminated. It, it would have to be closer. All right, I you're gonna have to start. I start making like swinging motions. Maybe try to like swing it in a specific direction. I do as she instructs. Yeah, you're you're able to control it surprisingly well, and you know you can kind of pan it around. It's it's not so much that you're not in looking in the right direction. It's that the the septic tank is deep enough that it just falls into total pitch black, and and every once in a while the light will kind of illuminate a little something. But you you just you know when you take a flash and something is far away, it just kind of illuminates the foreground. So you're just having a hard time really seeing any details into the deep. I hold out, tank. I put one hand behind me towards Agent Warp and, and tuck and just say flashlight. I'll toss in mine. Like my, my tactical flashlight, not my phone. Okay, and what do you do with the flashlight? I jump down. You dumb motherfucker. Oh, you dumb motherfucker. Oh. Oh. 
All right, so Samael, give me a dex check, please. Dex times five. Oh, God, God. bless America. Jesus. And uh, I love. <laughs> dex times five. No, why fucking I fail. Oh. I fail with a 90. Oh, yeah, okay. you. Uh, you guys see Agent Samael dive into the septic tank. Uh, those of you that are closest can kind of immediately look in, and you see that he has basically fallen on his side. Um, Samael, make a make a luck roll real quick. Oh, shit. What on God's green earth are you doing? I succeed with a ten. Okay. You you feel like if you had, though you basically fell on your side, if you had fallen in any other way, you could have probably broken something from oh. from just not landing properly, oh but you, you kind of half on the floor, uh, what do you do? Do you immediately stand up? Do you flash the flashlight? What do you do? I calmly rise to my feet, and I flick the flashlight up deeper into the septic tank and say, all right, Marlene, talk to me. You point the flashlight, and now you can see better with this with this light, and you can see that just kind of deeper into the septic tank, it ends about 10 feet in. And in the corner is what looks to be the body of a person. They are in a kind of fetal position, uh, sitting on their feet. What you see is a small, somewhat misshapen nude woman in her, looks to be in her 50s, but her flesh is like a gray blue. And she, she looks at you and begins to stand, and you can see that the majority of her hair has been torn out from her head, and as she's kind of stumbling towards you, she says, Oh my god, thank you! Thank you so much! You have to get me out of here! And as she approaches, you can see that her hands are completely covered in blood, uh, the flesh seemingly stripped from the constant clawing on the walls that she must have done. Marlene, stop right there. Calm down. Take a deep breath. She does not stop, and her feet and lower legs, you can see, are swollen from from just kind of being immersed in water. And and the skin is kind of half-slawing off uh, as she approaches you. It's just kind of jiggling in a gross way. I need you to make a uh, a sanity check, please. Fucking hell. Jesus. Hey, uh... 20. So that's a success. You are able to... uh, You do lose one point of sanity from just the very, very obvious corpse that is approaching you. Um, and she does not relent. She, in fact, goes in to bear hug you. And she just keeps saying, please help me, please, please get me out of here. And now the three of you above can now see this nude woman, hair missing from the majority of her head, wrapping herself around Agent Samael. Uh, Samael, you are hit with the awful stench of a corpse. What is everyone doing? I return the hug. I'm pushing I'm pushing Warp out of the way and I'm giving her a look at the same time as I push her back. And I raise I raise one hand above my head that says stop. I need Agent Tuck and um, Hyde to make sanity checks as I'll say that that shove from Warp does not let her get a good look on what's happening. Oh, fuck. Fail. Succeed. I- I got a three. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, um, you only lose one point of sanity, Agent Hyde, but Agent Tuck, I need you to roll a D8. Oh, a D8? Dang it. Oh. 
Jesus. Y'all wish you'd be in the car spook. now, huh? Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So, you lose five sanity. If you'd like, you can choose to project that onto a bond, or you will go temporarily insane. Uh, can you remind me one more time what projecting onto a bond is? I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. So what you can do right now is you can roll a d4, mm -hmm. and the result you can subtract from how much sanity you lost right now. So even one would keep you from going temporarily insane. Right. But the problem is, is you also have to subtract that d4 from your willpower and from your uh, bond, one bond. And um, so once once the bond loses that connection, does that mean like we're no longer as close as we were to those people? It basically represents that the the relationship is completely ruined and is not really salvageable. I'll project onto a bond, yeah. Okay, which bond are you projecting onto? Uh, with Boomer. All right, go ahead and roll a d4. Two. Okay, so you could subtract that. You only lose three sanity, okay. but please subtract two willpower and two points from your relationship with Agent Boomer. All right. Uh, so the two of you see this awful sight of a corpse hugging Agent Samael, and the smell hits you. Um, Agent uh, Tuck, you are, though you're half expecting it, you're just, it's just so gruesome to see, and you really kind of have to hold yourself to brace yourself and, be, and, and, and to take this in. At the top of the initiative is Hyde. You see this person clamoring on top of Samael, not attacking him, but seemingly trying to get him to help. She looks up and notices you guys, and she's kind of reaching up at you guys. What do you do, Agent Hyde? How, how far are they down into that septic tank? It's a 10-foot drop. I mean, you, you could probably grab the top of Agent Samael's head. He's a pretty tall fellow, but there's at least three feet between you and, and them. I'm just going to have, I'm gonna draw my gun and point it at Marlene, and I look at Sam, and I'm I'm gonna say it, it's time to go, man. Let's wait. Get out. Uh, Agent Warp, what are you doing? You have not currently seen what's happening. You've been pushed away. Yeah, I'm gonna try to probably see what's going on because it sounds like something terrible. All happened. right, so here's what I'll say: is you. The, the phone is actually still dangling. And now that she has gotten closer, you have a much better view. So you can actually look at your phone oh. and see what's happening. And Ooh, you yeah. see this absolutely horrendous zombie or, or, or walking woman that seems alive, but is also clearly decomposing. And I need you to make a sanity check. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a fail. All right, please. Please roll a D8. Shit. Eight of them? Not eight of them. A <laughs> <laughs> one nine. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. You you kind of steal yourself, but you maybe it's just because of you know you're looking through a a, a secondary thing, a phone. It's just maybe not hitting you as as much as it could. Are you yeah. doing anything after seeing this? I guess if everyone already has it. Okay, we need to find a way to get him out. Definitely. I don't have anything. I'm just going to take out my drop spindle because I need a weapon in my life today. Um, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to take it out and I'm going to put, um, I'm going to share a picture so people know exactly what that looks like. Um, but I'm going to stay close holding the phone and with this out. Agent Tuck, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to go up behind Hyde and say, I can try and lure you down if you want to grab him. If we have to. Or, I mean, you can lower me. It doesn't matter. I don't matter. want to. <laughs> We gotta get him out of there. I'll lower you. That, okay, I'll, I'll... I'll lower you. 
I'll have my pistol out in one hand and try and, uh, like, arm lock grab with hide and just start reaching down for Samuel. I think that you would be able to tell quickly that it would require both of your hands. There's no way that you can okay. hold on to a gun. You've got to use all your strength to kind of hang on to hide. I can hold the door okay. and then you can hold on to hide? No, I'm going Re- to... Upon realizing that, I'm going to... I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt for a round and just post up with her uh, and my okay. pistol. And All right, so Samael, what do you want to do? There's this old woman that is clearly rotting from the inside, trying to get out. She's kind of come within inches from you. The smell is awful. Uh, she seems pretty out of it and pretty desperate to get out. I wriggle one hand free. Raise it up up above the air as if to grab onto someone's hand up above. And I just say, may the Lord Jesus Christ protect you and lead you to eternal life. As I proceed to spout in Latin, vade, retro satana. (laughs) You begin doing that. It is the woman's turn. Um, She has a very good grip on your kind of waist and she's just saying over and over again, please, please just help me, get me out of here. Uh, Hyde, what are you doing? He's got his hand up in the air. You feel like you could reach. I look at uh, I look at Tuck and be like, pull me as hard as you fucking can as I reach down and grab Samuel's hand and just try to pull him up as okay. hard and as fast as I can. Try to pull him out. Go ahead and make a strength times five check. Uh, I succeed. Yes. Okay. It takes some effort because Samuel's a big guy, but you've got Tuck there, and once he's kind of half out of it, Tuck joins and grabs on and begins pulling him out. What happens is that Marlene is holding on fast to him, and Marlene also flops out. So now we are in the backyard with Marlene hanging on to Agent Samael. Um, At the top of the initiative, she... uh, Well, it's Samael's turn if you want to do something. Wait, I have... Oh, no, it's my turn. It's helping. Never mind. Go ahead, Tuck. Go go ahead, Tuck. You can go. We'll say that you... Does it count as my turn if I helped? No. No? Uh, I'm going to shout, Merit, get your ass back here! Merit, what is your dexterity? That's a 12. And then Boomer, what's your dexterity? Uh, Also a 12. Okay. And then I'm just going to keep my gun trained on her. (laughs) Got it. Samael, what are you doing? You're you're on the floor. This woman is letting go of you. I just, I whisper, seeing that Agent Hyde has a gun ready, I just say, put it down, and I continue, nanquim salda mivana, as I go through the rites of exorcism. All right. Marlene, who has flopped onto the ground, lets go of you, and just kind of, almost like in an ashamed fashion, just kind of... Wraps herself up into a fetal position on the floor, and she's just kind of looking at you all. She just is saying softly, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she just kind of starts sobbing to herself slowly, and that's what she does for her turn. Hide, warp, what are you guys doing? Uh, we're gonna sprint to the front because there's other people with guns. <laughs> I, I get to, uh, I get to my feet with my gun drawn. And I'm just gonna I'll unload a couple rounds into Marlene. Oh fuck! Thank you. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> everyone, everyone needs to make sanity checks oh, as Agent Hyde is firing on someone that appears to be 
in a state of living in some sense. Um, Literally rolled a ninety-nine. Oh no! Ooh. So, okay. so no. I'm going to say, Agent Warp. You believed, as far as you know, that this person was alive. So I'm going to ask you to roll a D8. Oh, Lord. Okay, two. Who else uh, succeeded or failed? Samuel succeeds. Tuck succeeds. Uh, I failed. Okay, you are going to roll a d6 as you believe that this is probably a natural thing. I got a one. Nice. Okay, so just subtract one. Um, Tuck and Samael, make sure you put a check mark next to violence. You succeeded, and you now have one point towards becoming adapted to violence. All right, so hi, you fire at this thing. Go ahead and give me a check. Uh, go ahead and make a firearms check. I succeed with a 32. Nice. Nice. Go ahead and make your do your damage. That's nine points of damage. Ooh. Wow. Bye. Bipped. So a couple of shots just go into the torso. You can all see that the flesh is just falling off of the bone as it gets struck. It's a, a, a quite a gruesome scene, and and the the person Marlene lets out a, a, a horrifying kind of wail. Uh, that at this point, Boomer and Merritt, you can hear the gunshots and you can hear the sounds. Um, it is Agent Warp's turn first, though. What are you doing? So she was running towards the front of the house, and then probably after hearing the gunshots, would stop. For a second, and then just keep running. Not so much to alert them, but to run away from what just gotcha. happened. Gotcha. So, at the end of your turn warp, you have kind of made it to the front of the house where Boomer and Merritt, you see Agent Warp kind of running away from something, and you hear those gunshots. What are you guys doing? I'm gonna grab Merritt, I'm gonna be like, give me the fucking keys to the car. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry. I don't have them. Hyde does. <laughs> Fucking kidding me! Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't keep the keys. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, but hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna run Wait, in. Stop. I'm grabbing gasoline. God no. Wait, uh, be, uh, Sergio. Question: Since I have a pretty high in science, am I capable of hot wiring a car? Since it's like electronic and all that kind of newer model type shit. You could, if you wanted, spend your turn popping the hood and seeing if you can make heads or tails of it. Yes. Oh, pop it. Okay, you do so. Go ahead and give me a luck roll. Please, please give me my battering ram. What's the plan here? I I, I want to make this motherfucker into a battering ram because I got a feeling we're gonna need something heavy. Okay, <laughs> you keep doing that. I'm gonna run run over there. Ten, yes. Oh, <laughs> ten. Yeah. You, you yeah, love to you, see it. You 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 pop the hood and you do suspect that with some time you could probably do it. It's it's not the one that's so advanced that it's like all electronics and stuff, but you suspect it, it's going to probably take you a little bit. But okay. you can do I'll it. work on so that. You spend this round, yeah, working on that. Agent uh, Merritt, I assume you're running into the house. Yeah. First, I say to Warp, I say, please stay with Boomer, stay safe. I'm running after them, and then I go into the house and I grab two of the gas canisters as best as I can, and I'm sprinting out to the uh, the pit with them ready. Okay. We'll, we'll say that you're basically out the back door and, and on your way to the group. Uh, Tuck and Samael, it's your turn. What are you guys doing? 
Uh, I continue spouting, uh, going through the books of what I know uh, to be effective in this sort of situation. Um, I continue spouting uh, the rites of exorcism in Latin. Uh, if I have any holy water on me, I'm not sure that I got it out of the car. I'll, I'll spray it. Otherwise, I'm just going through all of the motions that I know for dealing with this kind of situation. I'm, all, I'm not going to shoot. I'm just going to, I'm going to hold an action to take a shot if she jumps it anyone if she okay so if she if she appears aggressive in some way you'll fire if she's taking an attack or or doing anything that i would perceive as violent i'll i'll take a shot but i'm just going to keep my gun trained on her for now at the top of the initiative it's marlene's turn she cries out in pain from the from the three shots from agent hyde and you're all just kind of tensely waiting to see what happens next and she stops crying you fucking idiot! You, you shouldn't kill me. Please, you can't kill me. I, I, I know things. Clyde, he brought me back. He, he was some kind of sorcerer. He showed me things. I know things. I can help you. Isn't that why you're here? For, for, for secrets? I know secrets. You're already dead! I know your name, Blake. Vade Retro Satana! She continues, I I know know the names of those that that took took you in the night, or how to kill the things things you saw in the the desert, Kona! And I know why the Oracle never aged days! And I need everyone who I just named to roll sanity checks, please. Oh god I damn am it. so stressed. This is why you're searching. I am unfazed and I succeed I with a 34. I failed. Damn it. I damn it. Fucking mad. Okay, if you if you fail, if you fail, you just lose one point of sanity. I crit passed. You crit pass, so you do not lose any sanity. But you are all shaken by the fact that this complete stranger, who doesn't even appear to be alive, is saying things that no one knows about you. It is Agent Hyde's turn. What are you doing? I'm popping another fucking cap in this bitch. <laughs> all right, make it a turn. Stress. This glove got real hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh my god. Yes! I succeeded with a 30. Nice! Alright, and roll that damage. Seven points of damage. Another couple of shots fire into her and she stops talking. <laughs> kind of, you know, moves a little bit from the from the uh, the intensity of the shots. But you can see that she isn't dead. In fact, oh, some Jesus. of that flesh is kind of slowly beginning to piece itself back together. Oh my fucking Fuck god. Warp, yeah. warp, you just heard this person say this thing. What are you doing? Mm. Ah. Oh, I would like to lie down. <laughs> uh, uh, but most, pretty much everyone but boomers is out there. So I'm yes. going to turn around and start I'm just gonna I don't even know I don't really I don't think she could go anywhere I think she is she's stuck there for a time um but we're gonna Dude. 
in theory, move back towards where all of this is happening. So you, like, want to move, but you're kind of just standing there unsure. Yeah. Merit, you are running out, and you see what's going on. You hear this woman yelling strange things to the others. You can make it in time, uh, or you can at least make it up to them carrying the tanks. What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to toss one tank at the feet of, uh, of Tuck there. Uh, the other, I'm going to uncap completely and start dousing her completely as much as I can in that gasoline. I don't care okay. if MIL's under there. I need her completely doused. Uh, you have not seen this absolutely horrific sight of a living corpse. I need you to make a sanity check, please. Okay. I got a zero eight, so I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, you are going to lose one point of sanity. Gotcha. But you do successfully kind of start dumping this gasoline over this person who clearly has like six bullet holes in them, still conscious and is kind of reacting now to this gasoline. Um, Agent Boomer, give me a um, heavy machinery check. Ooh, 12. Ugh. Damn. Yeah. So what would maybe have taken someone else longer uh, you manage to quickly cut the cables you need to cut and 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 kind of splice them together, and sure enough, boom, the car begins. What are you doing? Uh, well, I'll, I'll say that you basically used your turn successfully doing that. So, are you now sitting in the My car? My ass is sitting in the driver's seat. Oh, it's let's just say it's that vroom vroom like shit. To, yeah, I, I'm getting that gas ready. Tuck and Samael. Same. Tuck, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so I, I identif clearly see that what I'm doing is not going to be effective against a zombie. I would like to just take my time here to just sit back and think through my knowledge and see if I know, have any piece of information in my brain about how to deal with this current situation aside from just setting it on fire. Sure. Uh, <laughs> make a, uh, make an occult roll. That would be a three, so I succeed. There is definitely something that reminds you of the many stories and the many myths of the undead, zombies, empty bodies that seem to have some kind of unnatural soul in them. Fire usually helps. Um, destroying the body is important is kind of the common knowledge when it comes to these sorts of things. A lot of this is conjecture and theory from what you're reading, as you've never had necessarily any experience with this, but that's what your intuition tells you. So, yeah, I step back and I just say, yep, burn it, just burn it, burn it. Tuck. Oh, man. Uh, well, Tuck was ready to shoot it, and then it said what it said to her, and she's going to freeze for a second and genuinely consider talking to this thing. <laughs> uh, are you going to suggest that they stop, or are you just going to kind of watch? No, she's just going to kind of watch, and eventually, like, after, like a, after a few seconds, haul back and kind of front kick it into the, back into the septic tank. Uh, you're going to front kick what back into the Marlene. septic tank? <laughs> she's, she's currently on the floor. She's not actually standing or anything. Can I? Can I like? Okay, here's a, here's a question: Is the septic tank like? Is it even with the ground, like the door, or do you have to like? Not really. Oh, like you, you'd have okay. to make an effort to like throw her back okay. in. Okay. Then I I thought it was like the floor was even with the the door and okay. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's kind of sticking out of the ground a little bit. Uh, then I will just uh, 
I'm gonna pick up the gas can and start really slowly pouring it on her. Like, like it's a concerted effort to do the thing that she knows she has to do and not ask them to stop. <laughs> okay. On Marlene's turn, she's been shot maybe six times and she's not in a position to be able to do much of anything. And yet she suddenly moves with a speed and a ferocity that you would not expect from this. She stands and literally as she's standing, she kind of swings around and grabs Merit by the throat and then just kind of tears away at it. She successfully hits you and she deals you five points of damage as she just tears your throat and blood immediately starts to begin pouring down. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Shit. Hi, it's your turn. Seeing that, I need I need to find a way to to ignite the gasoline that's been poured. Do we have anything? Do I have anything? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say if, I if, think if of is any of you are smokers at- or anything, you might have something. I'm so close. <laughs> like three people were down to smoke. <laughs> One of us has got to have a lighter. That's true. Yeah. Right, if you don't smoke, then I'll say you probably don't have a lighter. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 so hide. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't have a lighter. Um, the only thing I could probably do is tr- try to fire a discharge a gun and try to ignite the the gasoline since there's like fumes in the air and stuff like that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pop off another shot towards Marlene to try to get her to get off Merritt at the same time. So it is very obvious that Marlene is standing basically directly in front of Agent Merritt. I will say that you can shoot at her specifically, but I'm going to call this a called shot. So you are aiming for one person in particular. I'm going to say you have a minus 20 to that roll. And if you fail, you know that there's a chance you might hit Agent Merritt. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Okay. I'd say this is going Uh, well. It's always me, goddammit. We can't afford it. Dude. I'm coming. You can't die. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So you would have to roll under a twenty oh. for your firearms to succeed on this. Dang, man, is that over yet? Do I'm, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do the cold shot. I'm gonna try. Oh man! Oh, 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 nice shit! Nice guns. Nice guns. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> add a twenty. I got it. Add a twenty, and that's my percentage. That's like right at right at. That's what you needed. That's oh, what you needed fuck. to succeed. Oh fuck! So you you do you. <laughs> you do successfully shoot her in the shoulder. Give me a luck roll. Oh uh, shit! Oh shit! I failed the luck roll. I got an eighty. What is this game? This Stress. game is fucked. This game is stressed. <laughs> okay, so um, go ahead and roll your damage. What what is the uh, damage you do? I'm uh, seven. You fire into her shoulder, and the shoulder just, like, explodes, and a lot of the flesh kind of falls off of it, and now you can see it's just like a, 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 a bone in a, in a, in a joint uh, in that space where her shoulder was. Um, she does not ignite, and you do not hit Agent Merritt, but she has definitely taken some damage, and she's really not looking very good. Agent Warp, what would you like to do? I'm going to go and look for something to make fire inside, since I'm already closest to the house. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, 
Give me a, a search or an alertness roll, whichever you think is higher. It's okay because it's seventy, and that's a failure. You 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 run into the house, and you're looking around, and you're like, I mean, just about anything can be on fire if you try hard enough. But I yes, you you can't find anything immediately. You waste the 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 turn basically looking around. Agent Merritt, your throat is throbbing. You have this rotting corpse of a woman in front of you attacking you. What are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm gonna try and break free from her grasp for sure. She actually does not have you grappled. She kind of grabbed onto your throat and then just kind of tore at the flesh. So you are free to walk away from her if you'd like. Okay, yeah, then I'm going to take a defensive, uh, you know, a full, you know, 15 feet or, or even more to to get away from her. I'm pulling my service pistol um, and I'm priming at her. I'm going to turn to the others and say, the shed, look in the shed, try and find a lighter. If, if anyone has a lighter, come on. And then I, I turn and I shoot. Uh, I'm trying to shoot her square in the head if I can. Okay. If you'd like to make a cold shot, you'll have to do it at minus 20. Okay, at minus 20? Minus 20% to that um, firearm roll, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Come on, so I have to get under a 50 instead of a 70. Yes. And a 49 will do it. Oh! Oh, oh yes. The dice gods are with yes. us. You, Marlene. A single fire rings out, and those of you standing behind Marlene see the back of her head explode open, and you can see that there is a clear hole, and Marlene falls to her knees and then completely collapses. We are basically out of initiative. I would like to turn to Samel, <laughs> and I want to grab him. And I want to, like, cock back like I'm going to punch him. Yes. But I'm going to stop. And then I'm going to let him go and, like, kind of push him off. And I'm just going to warn him, don't ever put me in a compromising position ever again. And I walk off somewhere. I haven't put you in any position. You made the choices you made, and I made mine. Now, Sergio, I'm sure... Sergio, I'm sure that I have a lighter. Sergio. Yeah, I think, I think it would make sense that you would have a lighter, yes. Uh, you're Burn gonna hear corpse. a bunch of, you're gonna hear a bunch of car beep beeps, and me, like, like, whipping in with that fucking car, and I'm just gonna be like, okay, <laughs> so, so out of nowhere comes charging the Black Suburban. battering ram, guys, that's what the whole point. You're you're about halfway you're about halfway between the house and the septic tank when you kind of stop and you see the scene and you see that there's not any kind of crazy action going on. I'm gonna roll out and be like, what the fuck happened? It happened. Merritt's hurt. Uh, do we have a do we have a first aid kit in the car? Shit. Yes, I I have one in my luggage. Okay, uh, I'm gonna run and go get a first aid kit and just start putting Neosporin and alcohol wipes all over his throat. Wrap that if someone has a lighter, let's get that going. Already so happening. Agent Samael, describe what you're doing. Um, I just, uh, I'm assuming it's kind of like the reusable Zippo type, so whether I can, you know, flip it open, turn it on, and then not being too terribly attached to the thing, I just drop it onto the corpse and walk away. Sure enough, it does kind of ignite and begin to burn. I'm going to allow everyone who has lost sanity to roll a d8. I roll a one. I got a one. Same. Wow. I got a three. Well, anyone, 
any whatever you rolled, you may add that to your sanity, as in finally destroying this thing seems to have brought you a little bit of semblance of peace Holy of mind. So there is this kind of silence as the fire begins to burn. Some of you are moving back into the house. Some of you are kind of checking in on uh, Agent Merritt. Uh, go ahead and roll a first aid check, uh, Agent Tuck. Nineteen success. Nice. Agent Tuck or Merit, whichever one you would prefer, roll a D four. Go for it, Tuck. Four. Nice. nice. So a total of four health is restored to you. You are certainly feeling a lot better, Agent Merit. The blood has stopped. And fortunately you you can tell that it's nothing more than like a flesh wound, but it's a nasty flesh wound. I mean there's gonna be scarring around his neck for a little while. I, I pour like a alcohol wipes and neosporin and just disinfect the shit out of it. I'm sorry, I know it doesn't feel good, but get the fuck over it. No. Thank you. Yeah. She really got me there, huh? Holy shit. Oh my god. Can, like, Boomer honk, like, the car horn, like, repeatedly to, like, signal everyone to get their fucking shit in the goddamn car? Sure. Can we go in and get sorry. the corkboard? Sure. Yeah. You grab the corkboard. That, the, that was the last thing of, like, importance that we... At, at least it's the last thing that you noticed that mattered, yeah. And, and there was nothing, like, really in the septic tank aside from her, right? Samael did not notice anything else, okay. no. Can I do... Um, so it's, Can we close So it? can someone tell me what it is everyone's doing, or what? It, what is the team doing? Let's pile into the car. Pile into the car. I know that... Yeah, okay. I'm getting in the passenger seat and slamming the door. I know that this is not exactly what everyone wants to hear immediately, but... Have we considered maybe burning this place down to the ground? Uh, it's a little uh, barbaric, but it would mean we cleaned everything. That would be prudent, I think. Everyone, go burn it. I'm staying in the driver's seat. Can I do one last like loop of the house, like open cabinets, check for false backs, uh, sure. just like a like one one more go around, just to make sure we didn't miss anything. I'll come with sure, talk you. on that. Yeah, you, you do that, and, and besides that footlocker, and besides this corkboard, nothing really stands out to you. Agent Merritt and Tuck, give me, um, give me intelligence checks. Intelligence times five. I succeed. I super fail. Okay. Um, as you are walking back to the car, Agent Merritt, you look one more time back at the body. Uh, the flames are basically going out. Gasoline burns pretty quickly. And there is still a very noticeable, obvious corpse in the middle of this backyard. What do you think? We put her inside the house and then put her in the house, burn dump her down. the gasoline? Probably yeah. smart. Yeah. We need something we that's going to burn that a little bit longer than gasoline. We lock up that septic tank, too. We make sure we, we leave it the way we left it and let them find the ashes. Okay, so it sounds like Agent Merritt and Agent Tuck, you are putting gasoline inside the lodge, correct? Mm -hmm. can, yeah. can I, like, spread it around like spread it around and, like, put it on papers and put them on, like, flammable sure. things? Like, just spread where the fire will be as much as possible. Sure. I make sure, sure. I get the, the, the shed and the outhouse as well on one outside trip. Okay. 
So we'll, we'll say that you guys are currently working on the inside of the house. Um, the sun is very close to setting. Uh, you basically can't see it at this point when you're standing outside, but the sky is still illuminated. The other four agents, you guys are sitting inside the black suburban. Someone make an alertness roll. I got it. Oh, okay. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, I succeed. I fail. Agent High, you are the first to notice that there is a truck, a white truck, that is coming down the road. It is slow, and it is coming from the opposite direction that you you came in from. Um, But within about 30 seconds, it's going to basically make it to the house. Are you doing anything? I look at Boomer, it's like, we got company. As I go and grab my gun... Just wait for a second before I get out. Sure. Eventually, the white the white truck comes to a stop. It's it's kind of just on the parked on the street, away from the home. You see the light, the headlights turn off. Somebody steps out, and you see a man wearing. He's got a big bushy beard. Looks to be in his like maybe forties. It's a little hard to tell because there's a lot of gray hair. He's got a beanie on, black beanie. He's got the red and black uh, plaid shirt on, jeans, and he's carrying a rifle. And he's just kind of standing by his truck, looking around at the property. He sees that the lights are on. He looks and he notices the black Suburban. And he kind of starts making his way towards the Suburban. I'm keeping my face forward to not kind of alert that we're kind of moving in the car. As I keep telling Boomer, it's like, he's got a gun. He's walking towards the car. He basically goes halfway between the car and the lodge, or the the log cabin, and he can see you guys with your windows up in the car, and he says, Hey there! I heard some gunshots. Is everything all right? Do you do anything? Quick question. He's behind the car, correct? He is to your right. He is to your right. right. Behind me in front or in front? He is basically directly in line with your, with the uh, passenger window. Okay, so if I were to go forward, I'm going to hit this motherfucker, right? No. (laughs) You you would not. You you would have to kind of re-angle the car to do that. Okay. Well, I'm going to kind of just, I'm going to move it into reverse. Because I'm not hitting that gas yet, but I'm just, I'm getting ready to, if I need to pivot us out of the way. God. Okay. Agent Agent Warp is just going to say A or B and He's B exists. You do not have to kill this man. <laughs> he looks. He he sees the car kind of move a little bit as it pops into reverse, okay. and he notices that you guys are not addressing him at all. And he looks back to the cabin. Um, he d- it's it's at a moment that he doesn't really see Agent Tuck and Agent Merritt. Oh, thank God! But he looks back to you guys, and he just kind of starts walking backwards to his to his truck. Is anybody going to say anything to this man, or do you want to send the priest out to calm him down? I say we fucking get rid of this guy. No witnesses. How are y'all not remembering this shit? You want to kill an innocent man? Well, if you got it, Father. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to unleash demon women? Oh, I'm sorry. Give him me shit. Do as you will. So is anyone in the car doing anything? Yeah, if they don't want me to go out, I'm just going to sit there. Okay. The man basically backs up to his car, jumps in, does a big U-turn, and kind of peels off back in the direction that he came. We've got to go. A few moments later, 
Agent yeah. uh, Merritt and Tuck kind of, you guys finish the job. And who's who's lighting it up? I'll do it. I've got a shitty ass lighter. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I, I don't smoke. I'm going to roll down the window and say, hurry this shit up. We've been spotted. Fuck. Agent Tuck, you do so. The fire trailing uh, from where you lit it outside, it trails into the home. And before you know it, you can see the the familiar light of fire inside the home beginning to light up the entire place. Happy first mission, Merritt. Get the fuck in the car. Yeah, I'll see you in there. <laughs> Everyone jumps in. Call shotgun. Just so you know. No, I'm in. It's I'm already in the there. <laughs> Sergio, uh, just quick point of order. Was I able to make out the license plate on that car? Um, I will say that you were able to make it out, yes. Okay, that's good. So you are in the driver's seat, Boomer. What are you doing? I'm hitting that gas. I'm getting the fuck out. I'm peeling us all out. And as I'm driving off, I'm going to just shout to everyone, this is why we don't deviate from the fucking plan! Jesus fuck! It's just like, curse for like a good two minutes of just saying fuck fuck and that's it for like a minute we need to pull over and get this license plate off pull over and i slammed on him huffing agent tuck you step out and begin working on removing the license plate at this point the sun has disappeared from the sky and it is a beautiful soft blue and strawberry red a stark contrast to the way you're all feeling at the moment. And I think that's a good place to end our session today. As Bauman's cabin is engulfed in flames, The old tree by the septic tank is silhouetted by the fire. A shape, quadrupedal, rises shakily from the ground at the foot of the tree. It shakes off the dirt and the hundreds of ants that are slowly eating it from the inside. With an unnatural force, it snaps free from the rusting chains holding it to the tree. Its dull gray canine eyes stare for a moment at the burning cabin before the thing turns and trots into the forest, disappearing into the dark.